Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the show, man. RB, DJ Eastwood, Greg Melly, Sixers Wednesday night edition. More of a, a chat talk, talking it up. Can the Sixers win an NBA championship this year? How do we feel after the team acquired James Harden in a blockbuster? Good to be back on with these guys, man. Uh, we'll talk about yesterday's disastrous performance for a bit. We'll talk about our outlook. We got one more game tomorrow. Then the All-Star break. We're all for a week. And then we get James Harden in action, man. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel. We come here for the truth, man. We're all covering the team every single day. Thank you guys for being in the chat already. Greg, DJ, how you guys doing, man? Yo, what's up? Last night was a great game, man. Oh, we played last night? I didn't even know. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, I just want to say the, the the bipolarism of sports fans is, is wild, man. If you if you if you sit on Twitter and you just read Twitter after a win and then read Twitter after a bad loss, and yeah, I mean the worst loss in the history of the franchise. It's, it's not that but it's just crazy how it's like we're good. Oh, we're the worst team ever. Oh, we're good. Oh, we're trash. It's like so bipolar. That game was just ridiculous. I mean, if I wasn't, if I didn't have this YouTube channel, I would have turned it off before <laughs> halftime. <laughs> yeah, easily. Yeah. It's it's so back and forth, man. It's like, how come every loss has to feel like we're restarting the process? But yeah, every win, it's like we're going to the NBA championship. It's like so much back and forth. We are allowed to lose a game in miserable fashion. In fact. As bad as it may sound, I'll argue I'm happy that it happened yesterday and not next Friday when James Harden's on the court because imagine the reaction at that point. Imagine if we lost by 50 with James Harden on the floor somehow because once in a while you have these terrible games, okay? I mean, the Celtics were not going to miss a shot last night. They almost broke their franchise record. Jalen Brown got double teamed before halftime, double coverage, and, and shoots a high arcing three. Jason Tatum faded out of bounds. You got some dude named Broderick, whatever the hell that guy's name was, knocking <laughs> down threes. I'm like, who is this guy? Everybody was hitting for the Celtics. And um, yeah, no more, no more ringing the bell either. No, no players, no celebrities, no, you know, great people. Yeah, let's cut that out. Yeah. Yeah, no, no more, more, no more cool people. No. Nah. James Harden had to sit there on the sideline and watch these boys get devoured by the Celtics. It was uh, it was not fun. Yeah, and uh, my mom was like, "What the hell is he wearing?" And I was like, "Mom, uh, hit, meet James Harden." Okay, <laughs> you're gonna be saying that for a while if you're if you're wondering right now. Yeah, and it's probably yeah. a ten thousand dollars suit too. And, and I want to get Greg's take, but yo, one thing I will say though, where where were all these people that were just up in, in arms? Right, where were they last game when we played the number three defense in the league? That had two athletic bigs on the floor at one time, and Joel Embiid had a forty point triple double. I could care less. I'm not even listening to it. Hey, Amen. I think it's it's funny. I mean, you guys, just to bounce off what you said, um, it's so funny to hear people immediately remove Embiid from an MVP conversation because he had one bad game. I mean, yeah, dude didn't have the best game of his career. But uh, at one point in the second quarter, like when we were kind of mounting a comeback, you could see Embiid be that dude to carry us. And he got into his free throw situation. And got us points at the line, but then when they had that late second quarter run that cut uh, to to end that first half, it was a wrap. 
it was a wrap. The game was over by halftime. And, like, yeah, probably not great to lose by 48 when James Harden enters Philadelphia. But um, better now than next week. The, the takes are better now than next week. And uh, let, let the Celtics <laughs> enjoy this little championship they had yesterday because it's, it's done. I mean, yo. I actually called this yesterday. I knew this was going to happen. Shout out to the people in the chat that were on yesterday with me. How did I know that the national media was going to take yesterday's game and run with it? As soon as I hop on YouTube today, the first thumbnail I see is from ESPN, and it says, was the Sixers 48-point loss excusable? Now, this is the same channel that yesterday put out a thumbnail, which I posted on my Twitter where they said, can Ben Simmons be a leader in the Nets locker room? Like, <laughs> they said, can he be a voice in the locker I was like, bro, what are oh. we looking at here? I don't know about you two. I am sick. I, I, I'm motivated more now than ever to go as hard as I can because the, the way that these narratives are being taken about this team, this roster, before anybody steps on the floor, and, and they're, they're just trash. Like, they take that one loss. I didn't hear anything when we beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. I didn't hear any other of Joel Embiid's 40-point games this year. But that loss, they want to take that just because James yeah. Harden was in attendance. Come on, man. Come well, on. Well, the Nets are down by 25 to the Knicks right now. So, uh, you know, if they get – In the first oh. half, they're down by 25 to the Knicks. If they get blown out by the Knicks, I want all the smoke tomorrow. All, all the smoke. All the smoke. I think it's uh, it's interesting. So, yesterday – You know what? The Sixers losing – it might be my fault, guys, because last night was the first time I put money on a Sixers game all year because now sports betting is legal in New York, so you best believe I take advantage of it, and they got absolutely demolished. So that's, yep. I'm done. I'm done. No more. Happens to, happens to me every time. I bet on the Sixers, they lose. I I bet against the Sixers. Like I bet against them against Memphis when we had <laughs> nobody. I was like, this is a definite win. Eight-game parlay. Of course, I hit seven, and the Sixers beat the Memphis Grizzlies without Joel Embiid. So I will never bet for or against them ever again. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I can't bet for my team. It just it always works out bad. Someone in the chat said the Celtics are, are losing right now to the Pistons. So shout out to the Celtics. Would love you know would love to all the smoke man. on all their wait. takes. You know they were heavy. They were heavy in the chats last night. But it's just a part of the business. Listen, man. when it gets to the point where Jalen Brown is bringing the ball across half court and there's no offense run, he's just listen. They set a screen and he didn't even get close to the screen. He just shot the ball. I'm like, okay, this is just literally Steph Curry at this point. So the game's over. Forget it. It was also a a straight disaster class from yours truly, Tobias Harris. James has got to be really excited to get to play with him, dude. Man. Every everybody like it. Last night, Matisse Steibel and Danny Green probably had a combined 11 wide-open shots. I'm talking about it got so bad where the defense was – they were looking at Matisse, and they were just turning their backs. Like, they weren't even taking a step. And I think he went 0 for 6. He was wide open probably on five of those shots. He was 0 for 6, like, yeah. It's like, come on, man. Come on. Toby didn't even shoot a three. Imagine being down 48 points and not putting up threes. Bro, if I'm down 48, you best believe I'm going to shoot the ball 17 times from beyond the arc. That's the thing about him. He can't get an open shot, you know, and and, and I, I give the Celtics credit. They were playing good defense. And when, when a team plays defense like that and there's no James Harden on the floor to, to make the defense move and it's just passing the ball around the perimeter, iso ball, iso ball, Tobias Harris isn't even going to get a shot off. He had seven shot attempts in 38 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's really tough, too, when the Sixers go up against the, a true stretch five because Embiid has to play the perimeter and then 
Embiid literally has to help on every single drive to the basket because of our defense and perimeter defense just constantly gets burnt. Like to- Tobias Harris is so slow that like Embiid has to help him out every single time. And then when they have a stretch five, Embiid's just going to be a step too late and it's going to be an easy bucket. But against teams like Cleveland where they just have interior dudes, Embiid can just chill and put up a dominant game. So that is honestly the only thing I took away from that game last night was like, yeah, dude, it was a bad game. Whatever we lose by 48, it happens. I would have rather lost by 20, but 48, it happens. But um, the fact that the stretch five could be a little bit of concern when it comes to playoff time, but maybe not. Yeah, definitely a good point. Shout out to On Demand with the $5 super chat. Unfortunately, this year we're still shorthanded, but next year I'm sure still hopeful for this year. We're definitely going to get to that. Appreciate the take. Uh, Two other things real quick to end off on last night's game. Number one, it took a 45, I'm sorry, a 47 point deficit for Doc Rivers to put Isaiah Joe in the ball game. Uh, you just can't make it up at this point. I just don't understand. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to point out was I thought Paul Millsap played pretty well. He had nine points in five minutes. He was hounding those rebounds. We had the double pull lineup going, Paul Reed, <laughs> Paul Millsap. I was screaming, play All the control. kids. Paul Millsap didn't look too shabby. You know what I mean? So, hey, maybe maybe he's going to crack the rotation. But now that he played good, maybe Doc Rivers says, you know what? Paul, we're going to need – like, he almost didn't even put him in the game. Uh, and Paul Millsap, he just came in and started eating on the glass. What did you guys think about Paul Millsap? Yeah, I'm glad Doc threw him in there, uh, um, you know, to see what he has. I thought he was almost just a, a, a buyout kind of guy thrown into a trade. Um, I didn't even know he was on the Brooklyn Nets. Um it, like I, I found it out a couple of days before when it said Paul Millsap might retire. And I was like, Paul Millsap's still in the league. I don't even know. So I, I just assumed he was a buyout kind of guy or, or a wave, whatever. Um, so to see that he still has something left, uh, he's 37, I think. Yep. Um, but he's always played like not a very above the rim athletic kind of game, low center of gravity has a decent, you know, mid range jump shot and, and hit two threes last night, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, the guy might be able to play for a couple of years. That's why he's been able to stay in the league for so long. He's never been extremely reliable on his athleticism. So, I mean, he's a, a really good passer. He, at least in Denver, was a, a decent facilitator, kind of like Drummond has been for us this year before we traded him. Um, but, dude, that was the first time Paul Millsap touched an NBA court since 2021. Dude hasn't played since the new year. For him to come out, the definition of cold like that um, – I honestly, I feel really happy for him because I think he may have just saved himself a job, and that's awesome. Good for Paul Patrol with Paul Reed and Paul Millsap. Paul yeah. Patrol, nice. I love it. I love it, man. Connor with the $5 donation says, the media has been saying there's uh, more pressure on Harden than Doc. Stephen A. Smith even said Philly isn't talking about Doc. Couldn't be more wrong. See, that's the thing, man. At the national stage, like they, I've heard about four different analysts at this point go back and forth on their own points. And – I, I just I gotta I gotta come down to earth and realize like this is gonna be an everyday type of thing because not only do they do we have Joel Embiid, not only do they hate Philadelphia, now we have James Harden, which is another easy attack on the media's part. Right now they're gonna be on top of it. Like I said, anything the Sixers do right now is gonna be speculated at because it's easy, it's easy clicks, it's easy well, you know, popularity. Here, here's where the 360 on on two five happened with the mainstream media. Um, the mainstream media, and I thought Stephen A. Smith actually addressed it, and I was shocked 
because for the most part, the mainstream media wants to be as politically correct as possible. PC, uh, you know, they, they want to avoid touchy subjects, right? So as soon as Ben claimed mental health, they were going to be on his side no matter what. And, and it worked for the most part. Stephen A. Smith actually pointed out the fact that it's BS and he's lying. And I was shocked that he was saying that on ESPN. But there's so many other analysts that, uh, you know, just – defended him because it's like you know yes we should be more supportive and maybe we maybe play people shouldn't be saying these mean things when you're on a you guys were saying the mean things six months ago and now you're on that side so that's it's really just uh it's a political thing with with espn and it's um it's just you know narratives and it's basically a scripted tv show at this point it's a it's a soap opera it's Um, been that way for years man it's not real Ever since they lost their really good cast, they have ESPN's been whack. I mean, I don't even I don't even watch it. I mean, I saw the Stephen A. Smith um, comments on the Ben Simmons thing. I was super surprised by that. First of all, because Stephen A. is like all of a sudden a huge Ben Simmons fan, but him to come out and say that he was lying, I was like, hell yeah, Stephen A. Welcome to the yeah. first right thing you've said. In yeah, he's like you just couldn't. Be, he's like you said you said your decision had nothing to do with any players or coaches or or the fans. Uh, it and and your mental health had had nothing to do with the Sixers organization or the fans or anything. Then why did you ask for a trade? He's right. like, we have we we had we have mental health professionals here. If you had a mental health issue that could you couldn't get on the court, then you would have just went and dealt with your mental health. Why would you ask for a trade unless it had to do with the fans and the organization? So just tell us what it is. So uh, Stephen A. said it right on ESPN. So here's I here's my that. issue with Stephen A. Though, like, and, and as a guy that I've looked up to before, like, I I agree 100. percent Everything is scripted, right? How how can Stephen A. go from being the guy that says this Sixers team and Daryl Morey are committing a crime? Those were his words because <laughs> we were not making a trade and holding the man hostage. And then he comes out after the trade and says, "Oh well, this is the worst day of Daryl Morey's career." Oh. Like, this was the guy advocating. I remember him saying, clear as day, Damian Lillard needs to request a trade um, to either Philly or New York. Like, he was like, you need another star alongside Joel Embiid. And now that we get James Harden, it's like, oh, well, you know, you made the Nets so much better. It isn't Stephen A on on record saying that Kyrie's going to be a downfall of the team. Like, it, it doesn't add up. And I just, I can't take it anymore. I'm more motivated than ever. Every, every media station is just going to, attack the Sixers and you know what great let them attack us do whatever you got to do because this team's going to turn some heads man and it's hilarious to me you put three of the most egotistical maniacs in the NBA on the same team it wasn't going to work from the jump uh and yeah I'm calling James Harden one of those guys but I think Joel Embiid's personality uh is a lot more subtle and a lot more you know the opposite so I think they could fit together more than a guy that's that's out there and and the man kind of, uh, but I also think James Harden knows how to take a backseat and be a facilitator and, and things like that too, compared to Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant. But you put those three together, knew it wasn't going to happen. And now you add the biggest quitter in the history of the sport. Yeah. And he, and it's not even like he can come up with a legitimate reason that he quit. He, he can't even tell you what it was. So why does anyone have any faith that he's going to go there and do something amazing. It doesn't make any sense. I think the situation a quick point on that real quick. Like, I don't know if you guys saw peeped yesterday, The literally the only thing I need to take away from those press conferences yesterday, not to like harp on it. Right. James Harden said, 
this team is balling right now. I'm going to come in and try to help them contribute. I'm going to try to just do what I can to help them get better, help Joel win a championship, right? You know what Ben said? He said, oh, well, me, Kyrie, Katie, we're going to be scary, the three of us. You know, <laughs> we're going to run. Like, it, it was just absolutely hysterical to me, like, just hearing the difference in tone. Like, I, I just wanted to add that in now. I think the situation with Harden now is so much different too. Like he has so much more to prove than Ben Simmons does because we noticed yesterday that Ben Simmons literally has not changed, man. He called himself a team player, bro. You don't understand what that means. Like you don't, just because you get eight assists a game doesn't make you a team player. It makes you a decent passer, but James Harden, like it might be the most hated guy. Somehow people might hate Harden more than Ben Simmons in the public eye right now. And I think Harden knows that this is more of a last opportunity for him before he turns into a Russell Westbrook type of guy who is just an overly usage rate dude. And I think Harden is like very aware of his situation right now that I, I think super egotistical human being, but he's also a very aware human being of the chance that he now has. He's finally with Maury. He finally has MB, the best big man of his career. Like there's no more excuses. There's no more excuses. Like it's, it's much different than I think the Ben Simmons situation. Yeah. And you, and you hear what Steve Nash said the other night, you know, Ben does a thousand things great on the floor. We don't need him to shoot. I mean, beautiful. I'm, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. He's going to come it out. It started the already. That's great, it's, man. It's unreal, man. Like, anyway, <laughs> we could go on and on, man. Shout out to uh, Daniel with the $5 super chat. I hope the report about Harden might take less money to get another superstar with him. And Joe is true. Trade Toby for a bag of chips and get a number three. Um, don't know what you guys think about that. I'm, I'm willing to see how it plays out first. I just want to see like how the roles go. Like I, I truly do feel obviously Tobias has been struggling, but I do feel like he'll be better, uh, more optimized with James Harden being like that second guy. Um, but Hey, if it doesn't work, like I'm open to any possibilities. What are your guys thoughts on, uh, all this D'Antoni rumors that this might just be docs last year? I, I heard they shut it down. They shut it down right away. Um, yeah, I, I think there's some, there's some truth in there. I think I, yeah, low key, bro. I think Maury just wants to recreate the Rockets in Philadelphia, and I'm like, hold off, dude, <laughs> hold off. I don't, I don't, I don't see any validity to uh, to Dan Tony. I just don't see it. Ha I don't see them trying to recreate that, especially with Joel Embiid uh, yeah. on the roster. Yeah, yeah they, 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 uh, Maury and Dan Tony collectively traded away Capella to go the smallest ball of all of all time in NBA history. You know, they started running Robert Covington at center. Um, <laughs> they were full on. They were full on analytics. Let's go small ball. Let's shoot more three pointers than anybody else. Because if you shoot more at at a decent percentage, you you score more points. And they realized like it was that era of everybody trying to be the Warriors. And and we're finally realizing nobody's going to be the Warriors ever again. It's never going to happen again. Just just play basketball, build your basketball team. Yeah, exactly. And I I think. I think they're going to give Doc a shot here and see what he can do. Now, if he comes up short again, then, you know, you definitely have talks where, you know, you're definitely open to uh, to ideas. But for now, they just – that's another guy they put on a pedestal. I mean, they think Doc is, like, you know, the greatest coach ever. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Like like I told you all before the trade, man, we sat up on this roundtable. I said, yo, if we get James Harden, no more excuses, man. No more, like, you produce or might be that time, Doc. Might be that time, man. No more second round exits. No, no more three one blown leads, man. Come on. James said he's one of the best. He's one of the best ever. So, yeah, <laughs> see what happens, man. 
Sean with the $5 donation. Appreciate you, Sean. Says, we're the bad guys now. I love it. Need to channel the 2017 Eagles energy and run with it. You already know, man. We're, we are the public enemy now, and I'm ready for all of it. We are going to be one of the most toxic teams to play. Like, we are now a Miami Heat in my mind. Because, like, and you play the Sixers, and Bede and Harden are going to the line a combined 30 times. Like, I'm ready for it, too. Give us – I saw someone tweet the other day, oh, playing the Sixers might result in four-hour games. Fine, fine. Send us to the line, man. Send us to the line. Let Joel, James, all of it, man. I'm ready. Yeah. You know, the comparison of Joel and Bede's free throw attempts versus whoever, versus whoever. I'm like, dude, he he's constantly going hard to the rim against three guys in the paint. That's – it's not random. That's yeah, why he, he gets fouled more. And it's it's not like a coincidence. It's not that he's getting these calls. Like, if anything, he could get to the line even more because the dude still get like, – he just gets hacked because he is so good that no one can stop him. And what people don't understand yeah. is that. People just think that he foul baits, but he doesn't. He doesn't really do that swim uh, – rip through move as much as he used to. Like, it's just genuinely under the rim, three dudes on him, and they're all just smacking the, the hell out of him. Yeah, I will say they don't give him the calls that he was getting last year. You know, he was getting so many of those sweep throughs and just pump fakes and like falling over on the jump shot. He doesn't even get those anymore. So the fact that he's still getting to the line this much, just it's he adapted and he's playing bully ball under the rim. You just can't stop him. He's too big and he's too strong. And I, and I love when he gets frustrated, like two or three plays in a row, there's contact. He gets sandwiched between two guys. And then he just comes down and says, F this and dunks on the entire team. That's like my favorite thing about Joel Embiid right now. He gets so mad and he just posters people. Yeah. And I, I think back to the one of the points that you guys made earlier is like you throw James Harden on the floor. Like it's not like Harden has to exert all of his energy. It's not like he you're going to him 40 possessions a game and he's just ISO, ISO for 20 seconds off the shot clock. Like another thing about Harden is, you know, he is so underrated as a facilitator, man. Like I mean, his no-look dimes, like, he he sees – he's a guy, to me, that sees the entire floor, even though he doesn't look all over the floor. Like, he just sees everything at one time, and, like, the post-entry passes are going to be very crisp. You know, I, I another guy I actually think could improve. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. But, like, Danny Green might get a lot more looks now. Like, 100%. Danny's going to get some wide-open looks 100%. that I feel like have not been there because Tobias Harris can't create on a perimeter. Tyrese Maxey doesn't touch the ball enough. Like – Danny Green's going to get some wide open looks. He, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like he's going to have an overall solid impact on the team, having Harden on the floor. The difference between Ben Simmons and James Harden, they both make their teammates better and they both create open shots, but Harden also scores at an, at an extremely high rate. So like James Harden is going to make every single person around him a much better player. You heard it in his press conference. He wants Tobias and he expects Tobias to put up 20 a game because he knows he can do that. And he says, it's my job to make him do that. He's already hitting that level of accountability. You know what I mean? And you would never hear those words come out of Ben Simmons. You know, um, Harden is going just simply from gravity is going to make everyone around him better. Entry passes are going to be cake because who is going to – the moment a defender backs up on Harden to, to block that entry pass, he's going to hit a three from regardless of where he is. There's a reason why that man stands at the hash mark all game. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, he he's going he's gonna to give Tobias Harris and Danny Green what they got from 2-5, uh, plus he will shoot the ball from the perimeter. So it's, it's, it's that times 10. It's going to be that and so much more beneficial because you can't back up and go double-team somebody. You have to guard the guy with the ball. Yeah. 
What do you what do you guys think is going to happen with Tyrese Maxey? Would you are you on the side of let's keep him in the starting lineup next to Harden, let him attack off the dribble? I mean, Maxey's been improving his shot as well. That does not go, you know, overlooked. Or do you think we stagger, bring Maxey off the bench? What you know? What are you guys thinking uh, in terms of that aspect? You start him. Tyrese has to start. I think Tyrese is um, the fact that his shot is at forty percent from three this year. It demands. Um, pressure from the perimeter. So his first step is the quickest on the team. It still is the quickest on the team. And it is that change of pace, fast break guard that we have. Because Harden, which I this is what I love so much about the acquisition, is Harden is a half-court guy. Harden doesn't love running transition. He's not a guy who's going to bump up the pace. He's a dude that wants to get into his sets. He wants to dribble the ball. He wants to run half-court sets. And that is the best thing for Embiid. And I think that's what's going to make that work so well is that it's it's the perfect pace for our two best players. And so Maxi is that change of pace guy who has the quickest first step on the team, is going to have so many open looks from three, um, from cl- hard closeouts he's going to blow by. But I also do expect Tyrese Maxi to be – the guy who runs more with the second unit. I like it, man. I like it. All right. Well, at, at that pace then, so if you're bringing Maxi in a starting lineup, um, then we need to talk about the bench. And I know, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about the buyout market. I truly believe because listening to Daryl Morey earlier on this podcast today that he was on, he literally said, you know, this is the year, like this is the year where it's open. This is the year where we're trying to win the championship, not next year, this year. And, you know, Doc's referenced it multiple times, especially in the press conference. He said, you know, we're going to go in the buyout market. We're going to get something, make something happen. Um, I, I don't think this team is done yet. I think that we need a couple bench pieces. But if we get those, I believe we can be a scary team. Uh, what do you what what is your guys take on the bench? Um, who what do we need to address? You know, who's a solid for you? Who's. And if he like, what do you guys think, man? Yeah, I think, uh, man, I, it's, it's, I think Harden's going to make a lot of people look a lot better than they did last night. Um, but I think it, it's with this bench, it's still up to Doc to stagger lineups and and try not to leave five guys out there that can't do anything with a basketball. Um, so you know, you're still putting faith in Doc Rivers, even with adding James Harden to the to the roster. Like if I had to guess, if if we don't get anyone in a buyout, I don't see this team surviving deep into the playoffs with with Cork Maz and and Shake Milton and and players of that uh, level. I just think you need you need a Gary Harris type of player. You need a you need a, a maybe a Tristan Thompson type of player. Um, but yeah, I, I pref- like you guys are saying in the chat, three and D preferably. Um, but you just need athletes that can play basketball, that can dribble, pass, and shoot, man. When the shot clock's running down, they have the ball in their hands. Uh, you got – we say it all the time, we're two one-dimensional. We got George Niang, Matisse Thibel, Danny Green. How many players can we name Furkan Korkmaz? Oh, he can dribble a little bit. But uh, how many players can we name that, that just – just they either shoot threes, they either make threes or they miss threes, and that's basically it. You know, you need you need combo players. I think, uh, I think we can all agree that the gig is up on Furkan Korkmaz, right? Are, are there any Furkan fans left? You know, Doc I mean, Rivers. Romp. <laughs> Doc Rivers and Romp, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Furkan's a nice guy, man. He's, he's a really good dude, but it, it's time. It, it's time to realize here that now that we are 
we'll, we'll get to this in a little bit, but in, let's just say in the realm of championship contention, now we're talking about this team, like, okay, they're on that level. Like we, we got to give it up guys. They're, that's another thing. We cannot sit here and overvalue anybody anymore. Okay. Because if we would have brought in, I don't know, just some role player, right? Everybody would have said he's the next coming of Jesus. Okay. No, we got James Harden. Now we need bench players that are going to produce in the playoffs. Okay. And I'm holding everybody accountable because now we're on a different standard. Okay. This isn't like a wash the rest of the season. No, if you're not producing who's ever hot come playoff time, you're getting some run. If I'm doc, I don't care if it's Isaiah Joe. I don't care if it's shake Milton. I don't care if it's a buyout target. I mean, there's no shot. We don't pick up a backup center, right? Like Daryl Moore, he's not, you know, he's not just going to sit here and do nothing. We're going to get somebody, my take on it, whoever's hot, you're getting some run. What do you guys think? It's got to be it. My thing is like, I think people become obsessed with this whole untouchable thing because the Sixers process and a lot of fans grew up during that era of being obsessed and in love with potential. So they're so afraid of moving somebody who might be good six years down the line because that's all we ever held on to. Jeremy Grant, this and that, Robert Covington. But bro, we gotta, we we have to take the next step in the process. It's it's no longer processing. It has processed this shits right now. Let's focus on what we can do right now to win basketball games. Gary Harris is perfect, DJ. Um, I said that. I tweeted that out earlier today. Do we need – last night showed me very, very clearly that we need, like, backup athletic 3-and-D wing players, arguably more than a backup center. I kind of have a little bit of faith in Bassey running a pick-and-roll because of his rim-running ability with Harden. I kind of believe in Paul Reed, and you don't need to give one guy all the minutes. Stagger both of them for five minutes or even less to see which dude's the dude tonight, and they would be okay enough because Embiid's our best player. He's going to give us 34, 35 minutes a night in the playoffs. Maybe we don't need that, but we desperately need some backup shooting and backup perimeter defense from the wings because good Lord almighty, as much as I love Matisse Thibel, that man can't hit the broad side of a barn. We need a Gary Harris. We need somebody who can play defense, but also hit 35, 36, 37% from three. I'm not even asking for a sharpshooter like JJ because JJ Redick is clearly a podcaster now. He, the dude doesn't <laughs> play basketball anymore, guys. I hate to break it to you. I would love a welcome home, but stop it. We need a guy who can just hit league average from three and play above average defense. Gary Harris. I'm, I'm going to have to – I agree with you definitely about the shooting. We need a – and we need a sharpshooter, man. Like we need a guy who's just a sniper. You know, I we've been waiting for that for so long. Um, but in terms of the backup center, I'm gonna have to disagree with you because I'm getting flashbacks of Greg Monroe, right? Oh like gosh. he only played. What was it like? I remember Two that minutes, one, minus eleven, bro. Minus eleven. Minus minus 11. <laughs> That's scarred in my head. Like, and I feel like every time we're like, yeah, you know, these backup centers are only gonna play. Well, last year. I think Doc only played Joel like 35, 37 minutes in the playoffs. Like, I wish Joel could play the entire game, but unfortunately, we're going to have to have a backup center come in. And but I, I Harden will, but Harden well, makes backup centers good. Like, look at what he did with Nick Claxton. He made Nick Claxton look like a 15 point a game dude. And he's not. He's not that. He's Nick a Claxton postered LeBron James, like one of the yeah. greatest posters so, of the season. <laughs> the way I see it is Harden's going to make whoever plays that a much better player. A much better player. So, like, yeah, super important, but maybe getting that wing help or Goran Dragic, who I said before the trade deadline, would be beautiful. But again, yeah. Bassey was one of those guys last night that it took until we were down by 40 to even get on the floor. And we and already had, 
Yeah, yeah. And we already had zero backup centers. Uh, Doc just starts with a lineup, and that's mm-hmm. it. He says, Paul Reed's my backup center. That's it for the whole game. Then we're down 40. Okay, we'll throw Bassie in there. We'll throw Paul Millsap in there. Like, why can't you experiment when you're down 27 in the first Real. half? That's terrible, man. <laughs> that that drives me up a wall. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, about Paul Reed. Like, if he can just kind of, like, work on his fundamentals a little bit, like, he's a dog, man. He's – he like, if we could take the motor out of him and put it in these other guys, like, I would love it because that's going to be an up. issue. He it's going to be an up, issue, man. man. We, we, Paul Reed's thing is he's just not strong enough. He gets tossed around in the paint sometimes. Like he's athletic and he's got that energy, but he needs to bulk up. It's Isaiah Joe's problem too. They just need to get stronger. It comes with age. Look at Embiid, man. Embiid. Yeah, I agree. We, we, we got to hustle though, man. We got, we got to get these rebounds because come, you know, playoff time, like even Tobias Harris, that's, that's my beef with him yesterday. Like he, he wasn't shooting the ball, but he wasn't rebounding either. Like if you're not going to shots, you got to rebound the ball, man. And we're gonna need that. We're gonna need that for sure. Um, Lonel with the with the one dollar super chat. Thank you, man. D block, shout out to you for subscribing, man. Guys, hit the thumbs up button. Shout out to everybody in the chat. We have a uh five dollar donation from Sean. Thank you, Sean. It says Doc Rivers is the president, secretary, and lone member of the Dork Watts fan club. Shout out to Melly's goaded subscribe. Yeah, guys, go sub them up, man. Appreciate you guys. Shout out to Greg. Yeah. Doc Rivers love affair. Listen, it gives me it just gives me Brett Brown vibes, man. He he had a love affair with uh first TJ McConnell, then Howell Neto. Uh he also had a love affair with Furcon Corkmoss. That's how long we've had this guy on this team. And Doc Rivers has a love affair with him, and it's just it drives me nuts, man. But Nobody what, else sees up it. with it though. Like why do why do our coaches have love affairs with backup point guards? Like I just don't get it, man. Like just let it go. Let it go. Our fan base kind of does too. I never was a fan of TJ McConnell everybody was obsessed with that dude. I was like, all right, he gets you one steal a game on the other side of the court and gets a layup. But, bro, he's getting burnt every time on defense, every time. Yeah, when you really when you really watch the game and, and you see a team swing the ball around the perimeter and it lands in TJ McConnell's hands in the corner and he pump fakes a wide open three, and it, like it ruins the whole offense. You just can't play like that in the NBA. It is what it is. He shoots like he's in playing in the fifties. I'm like, bro, just you don't have to take your time. It doesn't have to be a set shot, dude. You're five foot nine. It's gonna get swatted into the twelfth row. Well, that that goes back to what I'm saying about like we can't. We're at a point now with this franchise, like we can't overrate players. Like it, that's done, especially with what we've been through now with Ben. Like it's over, man. If if you're not producing, I'm sorry. Like you're just you're not going to be involved with this team. Um, and and I I guess that takes us into where we originally we're destined to go tonight. Like this team, let us know in the chat as well. Like, is this team a championship contender, man? Obviously we'll probably make some moves at the buyout market. Like, is this team ready to win? Um, and and I'll, I'll just go first here. Like, I think we are, I really do. Um, I said before the deadline, if we get a guy that can score 20 to 25 a night, and if we can get a couple bench supplemental pieces, like this team's in the running, uh, because the East is wide open. Now you got James Harden and Joel Embiid. Not even just, like, people can say, oh, he's having a down year. He's averaging 23, okay? James Harden might average 27 here. That's how, like, good I believe he can be. But it's just that threat of James Harden and Joel Embiid. Like, you have two stars. You're going into the playoffs full caliber. Now, we still have issues, but, like, it's really going to be hard to stop them, too, along with Tyrese Maxey, along with Tobias in a tertiary role, along with other shooters. And if we get our bench evened out, I think 
we got a shot. We got a shot as good as anybody. I'm not saying we're the favorite, but we definitely have a shot. What do you guys think? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I believe in it. Um, Like you said, man, we're not done yet. We didn't think we were done yet when we made that Harden deal. We need some bench depth. But the beauty in the playoffs, guys, is you don't run 11-man rotations. Though Doc Rivers did in Game 7. But um, <laughs> he did the, the whole playoffs. Game, the, the playoffs come. It becomes a much slower game. It becomes a much more defensive game. Um, and when it comes to the half court, who runs the slowest offense in the NBA? The Sixers are top five in that. Um, I think the Sixers are kind of built for the playoffs and people give Harden so much crap for his playoff career, but bro is averaging like 33, eight and six. And since uh, 2014 in the playoffs, I don't know what the hell you guys are looking at. Yeah. He's had some rough games against the greatest team of all time in game seven without his second best player, but Harden is, is still a great performer. He's been there. He's done that. And he wants to win more than anybody next to his running mate, who is a better player than the guy. The Sixers have the talent. The Sixers starting five is good enough. Um, and it, honestly, man, it, it takes one night from a dude off the bench like Niang to hit like four or five threes, and we win that game. It takes one night where Matisse has six steals, and we win that game. We have specialists who can change the course of a game, but I don't know if we can 100% rely on that. We need some veteran bench help from the, the the buyout market 100 i like cody zeller dude's athletic he's seven feet tall and he dunks tristan thompson like tj said um unless we want to go gary harris goran Dragic, eric gordon if he gets bought out there are dudes that are veterans that want to win that have them and philadelphia could be the best chance that they get also who's guarding Embiid in the seven game series bro you think you're gonna stop that man from putting up 40 on you at least twice stop it yeah seriously um, I like that you pointed out that teams don't run 11-man lineups in, in, in the playoffs, and they shouldn't. And we had a lot of conversations last year about what's the playoff rotation going to be. And then Series 1, we saw a five-man bench lineup in, in the third quarter of a playoff game. And so, like, it, like I'm going to root for this team all the way to the end. But if I had to give an honest answer of what's going to happen, Doc Rivers is going to take us down and then he's going to get fired, and then we can move forward. He, he's on the bench lineup. It's going to happen. There's going to be way too many Furkan Korkmaz minutes. Um, Daryl Morey is going to need to save this team from, from Doc Rivers at some point because I just have absolutely zero faith in the guy to be creative at all, to even know what he's doing with the, with the players and the lineups that he put, puts out there. But, you know, yeah, if we, if we strengthen our bench a little bit, um, James Harden and Joel Embiid on the same team, uh, and I think we're obviously overreacting to last night's game. We, we haven't seen what it looks like with James Harden yet. It could be absolutely unstoppable. You know, we, we could be totally underestimating what it what it could look like with James Harden at the top of the key and Joel Embiid in the middle. <clears throat> two of the two, two <laughs> this might be two like players in the NBA that you absolutely have to double team with the ball in their hands. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, so it's hard to say, but if I had to make a prediction, I'll say we make a deep run. And uh, Doc Rivers just, you know, 40 minutes of Furkan Korkmaz or something like that kills us. Well, you know, I want to make a point here. You know, last year, right, obviously it was, you know, coined the the easy path to the Eastern Conference Finals. We didn't even make it there and all that. Um, but, but when I look at this Sixers team, right, last year, the year in 2019 against the Raptors, right, we were, we were a couple possessions away twice. I'm going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And you know who we had on that team? A man that would not play offense and a bench that was terrible. We had that twice, honestly. And 
I'm starting to actually think, and, and I'm not over the edge or anything yet, but could James Arden be the final piece that overshadows coaching? Because that's, that's the point. Yeah. In, in league, when you have star players, like even if the coach is terrible now, I agree hundred percent with DJ. Like if you're running five man bench lines in, in the playoffs, they should just fire you on spot. Sam Cassell should take over <laughs> mid series, but they just go over and take a Arden, Like finally be that second star piece where it's like, okay, these two are just too good. You just can't stop them in a second round playoff series. And when I think about how close we've gotten, like now we have James Harden as well. Like I, I think we can make a push, especially when I look at who's in front of us. Hundred percent, dude. Hundred. Can you just mute? Can you just mute Azai Nurlesome in the chat real quick? Yeah. Dude, What's just up, posting a, a thousand comments in a row. A hundred percent, though, RB. I mean, that's that's the point. That's the point. That's what we said as soon as we got him. Before we got him, we said, you know, it's tough to beat your coach sometimes. But what makes it easier is if you get another superstar. It just makes it that much harder for the coach to screw it all up. And at the end of the day, I think Doc is going to dock and it's going to hurt us. But if Embiid and Harden play like they should be playing, it's just it's way too hard to beat us in a seven-game series. The problem is, look at the Eastern Conference last year compared to it this year. It's way deeper this year. It's way better this year. Bro, if you think about it, it's Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Cleveland. One of those teams have to lose in the first round. Isn't that insane? That's crazy to me. That's crazy. The talent is extremely deep this year. It's crazy, though. At the same time, like... I'm thinking about those teams, like who's stopping Joel Embiid? <laughs> and then on top of that, who's stopping James Harden with Joel Embiid? You know, like every, you know, I feel like Milwaukee. Milwaukee's like the sneaky, Milwaukee. like, oh, they've had the experience now they've been there. And Miami, let me tell you, if we play Miami, I'll put it on record right now. I do not want to play Miami, keep them as far away as possible. I pray that they get eliminated before we play them. Because if we're going up against Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler in a playoff series. Do you know how annoying that is going to be? Athletic like, wings, man. It's the worst matchup for us. But Milwaukee is, I mean, Giannis can do his best against Embiid, probably as good as anyone can do it. And Drew Holiday has pretty good history against James Harden, which is which is tough because, I mean, Harden's a guy with injury problems. He's always been. And Drew Holiday is known around the league to be that guy to make your injuries feel a little bit worse. He's going to find his way to make it hurt a little bit more. And it's gonna it's gonna get to you. So Milwaukee and Miami are honestly the only teams I'm really afraid of. Brooklyn has no uh, front court depth to stop Embiid. Neither does anyone else. I mean, I think Miami. I don't trust Bam on Embiid. I mean, Embiid's gonna get his against that team. I mean, their problem is they just have so much athletic, like three and D wings that are just gonna run up and down the court on us. But outside of those two teams, I'm not really afraid of anything. Neither. And I'll tell you another team I don't want to play. That's under the radar. That's the Toronto Raptors. Just because Nick I know Nick Nurse and the way that he can scheme against Joel and James, mm -hmm. it will just be an annoying series. We'll probably win the series, but it seven might games. go six games, seven games. I don't want that. Okay, get yeah. please give us Brooklyn, please. I, I I'm not even afraid to say it because I mean you got Kyrie who's maybe going to play half the games. Part time. You got but, Ben. You know. If he has to play in this stadium, can you imagine that? He's especially, Joel. especially if Ben doesn't come in March 10th and it's the first time he comes to Philadelphia in the playoffs. Bro, it's a wrap. Dude, Who, hack a Ben. Hack a Ben. 
bro. Put, yo, Wendy's is gonna have to like give out like a like ownership, <laughs> like franchise owner stakes to the because they're out of Frosties. It's gonna be he's gonna go with, like ten of thirty six. And we're like, dude, we don't have enough. We don't we don't know what to give you anymore. We don't know what to give you. Yeah, hey, the last time we played Nick Nurse, he shut down Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid had a point guard that wouldn't wouldn't shoot the ball and wouldn't help him out. So, I mean, like, J- if James Harden has to, he will shoot the ball thirty times. <laughs> like, that's where we're at here. We finally have a guy that if if Joel Embiid's getting s- slaughtered in the paint every play, this guy will shoot the ball thirty times. He, he will. I'll take the game over. I'm James Harden, different level. This guy three weeks ago was was 20 pounds heavier and didn't give a shit about basketball and put up 37 point triple double a 38 point triple double against the lakers that was with him literally jogging around he looked slow and dopic and he still had a 38 point triple double and he's a guy who should be shooting with his left hand unlike our former point guard (laughs) exactly and I, i see the chat saying that we're getting arrogant i i really am i'm being completely honest with you i would not mind a series with the nets because i don't think they're going to be available I don't think their depth is anything being noteworthy of. I mean, they're losing to the Knicks now after Seth Curry had maybe his best game of the season because he was amped up about being in a new situation. And that was the only reason they won that game. In fact, they're one in 12 in their last 13 games. And you know who is not going to be a difference maker like that much. And I just I really don't fear that team at all. I told him last night. I said I told him last night. I said, I love Seth Curry. I do. But he, but he's, but he's, he's Mark Sanchez. He, he just is. He was, he was a bench player on on five different teams for a reason. He, he's gonna. You put him in the spotlight. He's gonna have three good games. But eventually, you're gonna. He's gonna show you why he was a bench player on six different teams. So, congratulations, Brooklyn. You got the best of Seth Curry last night. We'll, we'll see if it continues. It doesn't Bro, look Herter, like it tonight, I guess. Kevin Herter put like twenty seven on his head in the game seven. Like, I love Seth, but defensively, he's without a doubt the worst player on our team on that side of the basketball. And if he's oh, not yeah. making shots, he's genuinely unplayable. Again, I love Seth. There's only so much he can do on that end because he's like little T-Rex arms and he's just like chubby. But, dude, he Kevin Herter literally made $80 million because Seth Curry. What are you going to do in the playoffs, especially if Joe Harris is out? What are you going to do, dude? Joe Harris has shown no signs of coming back. Um, KD has shown no signs in the last two years of staying healthy. And though he is probably better than anybody on the Sixers, is he going to be around? I I don't know. I hope so. Genuinely, I hope so. I hope a good series comes out of Brooklyn. But I I don't understand where you're going to put Ben Simmons. Like, who's going to be your starting five? LaMarcus Aldridge? Okay, good luck with stopping MB. Oh. Andre Drummond. Oh, so you're going to play Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons on the court at the same time? Like, dude, Crazy. they don't have a, a schematic game plan <laughs> that can work against Philadelphia. So I'm like, cool. You know what's crazy? They're, they're losing by 14 right now. Their leading scorer, Andre Drummond. He has nine points and 15 <laughs> rebounds. You want to know what's even crazier than that? To, to go on top of that is like, Ben could not play offense in the playoffs for us, right? And he had the ball in his hands 90% of the time bringing it up the floor, right? So now, like, the ball is going to be in Kyrie Irving's hands. So if you're in the playoffs, like, that's why I'm so excited to see this team, even if we didn't make a big trade with Joel on the floor, because, like, now he's got the space and just the flexibility in the post, you know what I mean? Like, what are the Nets going to do with Ben – in a playoff series, if he's not even having the ball in his hands. So, I mean, yes. it's, it's going to be. I swear to God, 
They didn't, they didn't watch the guy play for five years. They've never <laughs> seen him play basketball. It blows my mind. The only reason he had eight assists, which, by the way, if you have the ball in your hand an entire season and never shoot it, you should lead the league in assists every single year. He didn't even do that. So he's not even leading the league in assists. He was averaging seven and a half or something. Uh, you know, and he had the ball in his hands the whole game. Yeah. And as soon as he they put a player on the floor and took the ball out of his hands, he stood in a corner and did nothing. So the the Brooklyn Nets just added a player who in the half court is going to stand in the corner and do nothing. Yeah. He he never had to play with a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Durant. What's he gonna do? It's four on five basketball. And then they dude, the Nets don't really run offenses. They run through Kyrie's dribbling into the ground and KD's dribbling into the ground. You can double team those dudes the whole game because a man is standing at the three-point line. God willing, will never shoot that basketball. And you know what's the best part? Bro, give it to him and let Ben shoot that because the moment he shoots it and it misses and Philly erupts, he's not going to do that ever again in his life, man. That's how fragile he is when it comes to the game of basketball. Like, Ben Simmons is really hard to play with when he's your point guard, and he might even be harder when, pause, when he's not your point guard on offense. When he's playing dunker spot, Embiid's going to dominate him. Like, there's nothing Simmons, unless he's constantly cutting and putting an effort in which I don't think I've ever seen. I don't know what you, what is he going to do, low post pick and rolls with LaMarcus Aldridge? <laughs> they, they, were, they, they were saying on ESPN that uh, he couldn't pick and roll with the Sixers offense, but he's going he's gonna to pick and roll with this offense. They were saying that uh, he he would screen and he couldn't roll because Embiid was in the paint. So he's going to screen and roll as the center, I guess. But he won't like he's not a high flyer. He's not going to jump over anybody. He's not going to (laughs) go fight through contact. I just can't wait for them to find out what we're what we're all talking about. They just think we randomly hate the guy. Like we looked at a lineup and said, "You know what? I'm happy, but I just feel like hating someone on my own basketball team. I picked this guy." It makes no sense. There's a, a clear obvious reason to us. They're going to find out and I just can't wait. It's going to be crazy, man. It's going to be wild. Rick with the $5 donation depends <clears throat> on Doc if we win the chip. If we win, I will sing shares if I could turn back time in the chat. <laughs> Sub to Greg Melly. He's good. Rick, shout out to you, man. Daniel with the $5 Super Chat. Oh, we play Brooklyn in the playoffs. Kyrie can't play in Brooklyn, and Ben can't play in Philadelphia. We got Philly fans in Florida with the $2 donation. Uh, trying to get them all here in the chat. It says only one team can beat the Sixers, the Sixers. <laughs> I love it. I, I can't disagree with that, man. I love it. And, and look, and B just got off a streak of what, like 25 straight 25-point games? Come on, man. Like, nobody is stopping. Before we got James Harden, they had to double and triple Joe. And they still couldn't stop him. Like, the the Cavs had two athletic bigs, and he had a 40-point triple-double. And he's just doing anything he wants on the floor. So, now you got James Harden with that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough out, man. Yo, what about that viral video of Ben Simmons shooting threes from the corner? Dude, if you noticed, it wasn't even from this year, it was from last year when he was a sixer and like it's become viral within Brooklyn saying like, yo, look, he's working, he's working. I just saw it in the comments. I was like, bro, that didn't happen this year. That was last year when he was in Brooklyn. As you can see, the dudes passing it to him was Tobias Harris. Yeah. I, I, I don't even care in that aspect anymore. Like I'm just ready to like, I'm going to check back in like 15 games and just watch how the, I, I said this on every video so far since he was traded. I said, watch how quick the national tune changes about one who won the trade and two, where the teams are at. Just watch. Because like were, as soon as he got traded, 
he was an uh, an all star player who's going to make this this and this better. You see, you'll see, man. And like you said, you you, you you listen to the Maury podcast with Colin Cowherd, bro. He talked about the first round picks that he traded. Like, how are we possibly giving this man any shit for for trading a two first round picks one ten years from now for a guy who is a top fifteen player in the NBA? Yeah, and he said he, he said I made sure it was protected because I feel like those future picks that are unprotected are picks that screw over a franchise. He's like, so if everything falls apart in twenty ninety seven, I'm pretty sure that's how he said it. But he's like, if everything yeah. falls apart in twelve years from now. It's a protected pick. Like, at least I did that. Yeah, it's unreal, man. It's unreal. Uh, why don't we go to the phone lines, man? Somebody call into the show. Yeah, let's do it. Call into the show, number down below. What do you guys think? Let us know in the chat right now. We'll read some comments off. What do you guys think? Are the Sixers championship contenders? Can they do it this year? What do, what do you think it'll take? How does the future look? I'm I'm a lot more confident right now, just even with the future, guys, because, like, I, I don't know. I have this just trust in Daryl Morey. Like, even if things don't work out, like, I could see him flipping Tobias the next day and getting back two value contracts and clearing cap space. Like, I can't put it past Daryl Morey anymore. Like, no. Call her on the line. Call her on the line. Whatever it takes. Yo, what's going on? You're on the show. Yo. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I switched to Google Voice, man, and now. Shout out to uh, Roddy with the $5 donation. Says, I'm ready for Harden to come out with a vengeance. This media smear campaign will fuel his fire. You, oh, yeah. Man, that's a great point. Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Also, Steve Nash is a terrible coach. I would like to point that out. So, Doc Rivers sucks, but somehow, somehow he might be better than Steve Nash. Dude, every, everybody on that Nets team, too, was just taking shot after shot at James Harden. I mean, he's ready to prove that he's that dude. And with Embiid, like like I said, this is probably the be one of the best teammates he's ever played with, and especially the best big man. So yeah, I want to be lethal, man. Yo, 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 you're on running back Philly. Now, audio's not coming through, man. The audio's not coming speaker? through. In, the audio's not coming through in Google Voice. I have it. I, I have... Uh, I have it on Bluetooth to uh <clears throat> do I have it on Bluetooth? Hold on. I'm failing. I'm dropping the ball here. But yeah, Roddy, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it was not connected to Bluetooth. I apologize. Please call back and we'll take your call, man. That's uh call into the show, it. man. 717-827-6203. We'll take your thoughts, man. What do you guys think? Championship contenders or nah? Oh, there it is. Not connected. Yo, what's going on, man? You're on the line. What's going on, man? What's up? I just want to call in. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Turn the audio. I think that the media. Yeah, can you turn your volume off in the background? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, so I just think that the media is definitely painting a crazy picture against us. The nonsense that they're portraying that 2-5 is all of a sudden going to do anything to help his team is crazy. And that one of the best players of all time is going to make our team worse. It's, it's just nonsensical. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh... And I think everybody on this team is going to highly improve with Harden on the floor. 
you got a bunch of bums out here winning games with just Joel Embiid. So I can only imagine what somebody's going to look like when Harden's on the floor. Even I knew we always slander first, but I think in the back at backup, if he actually just plays his role, which he's supposed to be, not fucking handling the ball at all and just shooting, he could be good too. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree. I don't want to hold you guys up. You guys get more calls in, but um, that's all I wanted to say. Appreciate the call, man. Appreciate you. Let's see. Um, it's going to take some staggering, man. It's going to take some staggering to, uh, to you know, for for James Harden to help elevate the bench unit. It's going to take some staggering. So we'll we'll have to see what Doc Rivers does. What do you What do you guys think about like the identity? of the locker room like do you think james hart like i have a feeling based off what i heard so far like james and what i appreciate is that he's not going to come in and just be like you know this is me and joel's team now like i feel like he's going to get acclimated and be like all right you know like he, he's more of like a timid guy and he's like let me just go about my business i feel like he honestly has been paired up with like teammates that are not really the easiest to play with and I don't know. I feel like Joel's just going to be so welcoming and it's going to be like a different presence for James Harden. I'm not saying he's flawless, but like Joel is such an easy player to play with. Like he's just, he's like a teddy bear, man. And 100%. I think that the energy of the crowd, like he called us the best fans in the world. Like I think he's just going to feed off it. I think Harden's a guy. You can take that. <laughs> that sounds going on all over the place, man. It's really annoying me. What's going on? You're on the show. We get we get one that's connected now. It's not. Yo, what's going on? You're on Can the you show. Hear me? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. What's up? No, man. I'm just calling in. Ben Simmons. He will listen. He will cry. He will cry. He will regret getting traded. He's a big baby, and that's all I gotta say. You think he'll regret getting traded? You're gonna regret it. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I mean, I hey, I, I agree on the big baby part. Um, I don't think uh, uh, like the thing about Ben Simmons is like why he won't regret it. He's got what he wanted already. But well, what is it that he wants? I don't not, think he knows what he wants. Just to not have accountability, and now he's to a new fan base that doesn't understand. So they're gonna coddle him, and he's in the perfect situation where he doesn't need to be that guy that expects anything out of him other than the bare minimum. He got what he wanted, but it's gonna get real. It's gonna get very real when the, everybody witnesses that you can't have the ball in your hands in the half court, in, in crunch time, or in, in you know in a playoff game or anything. Um, and that's gonna bring him right back to the issues he was dealing with in Philly. Yeah, but he doesn't need it as much. He, he how many different teams? How many different teams can you do that with before everybody's like, you know what? No. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I said before that. If he doesn't adapt his game, he is not going to be in the league past five years. It is not going to happen because, you know, he's going to fade into a backup, like, big man role. And, like, he's going to be a defensive specialist. Like, if you can't – if you're not going to shoot the ball, like and, – and apparently they don't want him to. So it's like, you know, you're not going to prolong yourself by any by any means. 
Yeah. This comment is amazing. If this comment's true, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Hambo. $5 super chest is my cousin works at Barclays and they claim Harden was not fat, but very lactose intolerant and would bloat from the milk smoothies they'd serve him. I feel that, James. I feel that, James. <laughs> I don't I don't know what James Harden is anymore, but he looks skinny to me in practice, and that's what I'm going with. So I wanted to say this before that call. I think Harden is a, a, a genuine dual personality type of person. I think off the court he has his thing it's not basketball everything but basketball but when it comes to basketball on the basketball court he is an absolute competitor there is a reason why he is this good i mean you people don't get better at the game of basketball if they don't care about it look at ben simmons he hasn't gotten better doesn't care about it james harden is the perfect example of a dude who i think could embody the city of philadelphia because Dude, I was surprised Harden wasn't booing when they were down by 51 with two minutes left in the fourth. Harden's a dude that wants to win every single game, and he and he's shown his entire career that he that, does whatever yeah. it takes to win the game. So, yeah. yeah, off court, you deal with it because on the court, him pairing with a guy with Embiid who dedicates his entire life on and off the court to winning, I think it's, it's really going to be something special to see. And that's why I believe that the Sixers are a championship contender this year, like a real one for the first time in my life. Exactly. And he's the Jonah Hill of basketball, man. Just fat and then skinny and then fat again. And it's like, we're like, how did we get here? Uh, yeah. Maybe he is one of those people that can seriously like gain 20 pounds in two weeks and then just burn it all off real fast. He needs to start vlogging. I want to see it. Yo, it, it's... I mean, like I said before, there's definitely a point to be made about who he has played with. You know what I mean? Like, he went from, like, I, I know Chris Paul is, like, a great teammate, a great all-time player. Those two were ball-dominant players, so it was kind of hard to, like, get in the groove. Then he had Russell Westbrook, then he had Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Like, I'm just saying, man, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm, uh, You know, Joel Embiid is not like any of those on a on a personality type of level. Yeah, that that is a point, and he hasn't played with a player. The other superstars almost – I mean, they all – the other superstars kind of played the same position as him. Yeah. He hasn't played with a superstar exactly. that can balance his game. Yeah. You know? Yep. Caller on the line. What's going on? My bad. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. Kobe, Kobe Bryant was – someone who was admired by James Harden. He loved him, he respected him. Kobe Bryant said to him, to James Harden, he said, I'm not a fan of your style in terms of it winning championships. That's when he was in Houston. And James Harden completely metamorphosized his game and started becoming more of a playmaker. I see the national media shaping this narrative that James Harden can only play one way, iso ball or just one-on-one. -on -one. He's strictly a pick-and-roll guy. He's able to play any style, any way, with any team, with any set of teammates. He is a basketball player. Let's keep that in perspective because the national media is going to completely turn the narrative around. But once Joel starts incorporating that role on the pick and roll, you know, Harden loves to do uh, uh, alley-oop, something that Ben never did with MB. We're going to see a little bit more of that. You're going to see easier scoring from Joel. And I think you're going to see the team flourish around him. He is known to make his teammates better. Great show, guys. Love it. Keep it up. Just want to give you that uh, that point. No respect. Thank you. Thank you. Call, man. It's a great point. Great what a call. Great call. What a and call. Exactly oh, yeah, because, right. Dude, it, it, as soon as 
all three of them, and the, and all three of them played like what twelve games together in two seasons now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as he got on the floor with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, he had thirteen points, fifteen rebounds, and seventeen assists. Like he literally took an entire backseat and was just diamond left yeah. and right. So yeah. I he agree was with the him. one guy. Yeah. He, he was adapt. the one guy who changed his game. He was the one guy who knew he had to change his game because the other two won it. Like I, we've yeah. said that. I mean. He is the guy who wants to win. He's the guy who is willing to take the backseat if it's need be. And that's that's a great point, dude, because if you look back at old Harden, he was just the six-man bucket getter, came into Houston, he was putting up 38 a game, whatever it was, but he was getting like four assists, five assists, and then all of a sudden he turned it on. I'm about to look up the stats, actually. I'm interested. I, I want to make a point about that, too, because I remember on these shows last year, especially when it was just me and DJ taking so much heat because we were the ones that said, you know, we would have still given Ben a chance. Like we wanted to keep him, see what it turned into. We were dead wrong. Okay. But I remember specifically every single day, people reminding us the same people that turn like that on James Harden, how great he was doing in Brooklyn every single day. It was, yo, did you see Harden tonight? He had a 20 point triple double. He had a, you know, he had 15 assists. I remember it every single day. And now all of a sudden he's, he quit on his teammates. No, he had a selfish teammate. And the situation didn't work out. It is what it is. And now he's in a situation he wants to be in. I think he's more motivated than ever. He's averaged at least 10.2 assists a game every single year since 2018. (laughs) That's crazy. And what year is that? Is that when he started the year that he started playing with Chris Paul? Uh, Probably. But he also had 36 a game that year. So (laughs) good Lord, man. Yeah, that's that's the thing about it. Like I said, he's I said he's he's on the air quotes downside of his career. Like obviously, if you watch 2017, 18, he was insane. Yeah, his athleticism. I don't either. I think well, if you just watch his, if you just watch his highlights this season, he's not he's not even dude, close to athletic as athletic as he was. Yeah, athletically, dude. yeah. But as a player, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think he's the product of a three big headed monster. Exactly. You know? I when think he put him in another position. If he stayed with Houston, bro, he'd still be putting up 30-plus a game. Hey, when, when, when Kevin Durant... Do you think he can get back to that shape, that physical yes. shape? Uh, I mean, maybe not the bounce. Maybe not the bounce the same. He but was I mean, postering people. He's he's not going to look the same, but I believe in, in any night, like, say Embiid's not playing well or he's deferring whatever, like, Harden can put up 30 when he needs to, and he can yeah. look like the old Harden because when, when Kevin Durant, for example, went to Golden State... No, the old State, Harden was 60. Huh? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the yeah. old Harden was 60. Like this, the old Harden he was, needed to be 60. The old Harden needed right. to be 60. He's just way, like, he, he, you he have was a so he was so elite that even if he's not that, he's still one of the best players in the game. I think both of you guys are right yeah. because like is he probably as athletic as he was? No, you know, no, his no. balance is probably not the same, but he has revamped his game. Um, and he is, I think, equally as good and productive as a player as he was in his prime yeah. era so i mean both of you guys are right i think and and people love to look at numbers when kevin durant went to golden state i was personally upset like you know steph curry's not going to be in the mvp running anymore but what did he do he adapted his game like it wasn't like steph has to put up 40 on a given night or clay has to put up 30 on a given night like they adapted that's what happened in brooklyn james harden look look at the assist numbers like yeah it it's not like he just fell off the face of the earth and, and don't I, no. I don't want to hear about this year like this has been an awful year for the brooklyn nets like i don't know man i i think he can still give us really good games james harden also has only ever had one season is in his entire career with less than a steal a game he's averaging 1.4 this year so defensively 
he's not as bad as people probably give him credit for. Nah, he's improved a lot ever since he was on on blast about uh I remember a couple years ago they were like this guy's the worst defender ever. <laughs> he lo- he low key got better, but nobody really like paid attention to it, you know. Bro, yeah. with the year he had 36 a game, he had over 2 steals a night and almost a he had .9 blocks. Bro, James Harden is a the- you, know, you know Greg. I I forgot to bring up this point, but I want to go back to what you said earlier. That game yeah. 7, if if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, the Rockets probably win the championship. They win that. Because the they Rockets and yeah, they win game seven because let's not forget, then they have the most historically bad shooting night ever. Like, yes. I, I forget what it was. They shot like 27 straight threes. They missed, I think. Yeah. And they shot like 10 for like 40 something on a night or something like that. Yeah. And that was without Chris Paul. If they win that game, they go to the finals. First off, they take down one of the best teams of all time. Maybe the best. They go to the finals against the LeBron led Cavaliers. Like they probably win that series if it wasn't for that injury and a historically bad shooting night. So, I mean, they were there. They were on the yeah. ropes, man. And Embiid's a better fit alongside Harden than Chris Paul was. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's take a call from Grand Rapids, Michigan. What's going on? Hey, yo, you hear me? What's going on, man? Yo, yeah, I just wanted to piggyback off of uh, what, what the other guy was saying about Harden, man. I'm a, a lifelong Harden fan. Well, not a lifelong, but I've been following him since the Rockets days. I want to just clear some of the air about this, you know, old Harden and Houston Harden. Look, let's get something straight. There, Harden's play, there's nothing really in his game that has changed. What, what, what has changed is the spacing. Harden, what people fail to realize, unless you're a a fan of Harden and literally watched him since Houston, you wouldn't understand. But Houston was built around Harden. They ran a five-out offense. It was made for his play style, okay? There was nobody in the paint. Therefore, Harden is the best isolation player that we've, you know, possibly ever seen. So it was either take his guy one-on-one and the teams had a choice. They either could help, and he would kick it out to the three ball. That's why they were shooting all those threes and making it. Or they could not help, and he's finishing at the rim, possibly for an and one. You feel me? The spacing in Houston was crazy. Then he goes to Brooklyn, right? The spacing at first was great. When he had Kyrie, KD, he had shooters, Joe Harris, Okay, then it goes less later on. That's when he was putting up the numbers when he was uh in the MVP race. You feel me? This is less than 200 days ago. I, I don't want people to forget. Now that he's back in the system, because he was looking horrible these last couple, you know, months or whatever, but I want people to know why. KD goes down. That's one less shooter. Joe Harris down. That's one less shooter. Kyrie wasn't playing. That's another person. So all these teams that have been playing him on the Nets this year, double, double hardened, double hardened. And there's nothing he can do because there's no spacing. Now that we're he's on the Sixers, I promise you, it's going to be hectic for teams because he's now back in the system that's surrounding him with shooters. Even Joel can shoot. And then the paint dominance of Joel Teams are really going to have to pick their poison, and I don't think it's going to be something they can stop. And I really feel like Harden can, like, put up 25, 
30 on any given night on this team in this system. And I just need everybody could just got to believe in him because he's definitely nothing in this game has diminished. He's motivated. And I think that within these next two years, he'll have a ring. Hey, man. Yo, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Another great call, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, again, I, there's, it's not really, you can't, I don't think you can really argue that Harden is as athletic right now as he was in those highlights. When you watch Harden's career highlights, he, he was, he was taking the rebound, sprinting down the court faster than everybody on the court and jumping from almost the foul line and dunking on people. That's not what he's plays like right now. I just think he's so, his basketball IQ is so elite that he's, adapted his own game to slowing down a little bit because he's 32, almost 33. He's not 26, 27. There's a difference. But I, I just think he's so elite IQ-wise that he's still a guy that can drop 30-point 30, triple-double on anybody. But, I'm, I mean, he, he's just not even close to as athletic as he was back then. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He's also putting up 37 minutes a game this year. Holy shit. Imagine Doc playing out James Harden for 37 minutes a night. Immediately, our team is significantly better. Yeah. When when he lost motivation at the end of Houston and he came in and looked like he had a fat suit on, and then he went to Brooklyn, maybe he hated it right when he got there. Maybe he's had no motivation to get back into that physical shape that he was. If he gets back into that physical shape, it's over. We're winning three rings. The guy was out of this world. So, you know, I hope so. Yeah, I I mean, even though he's not as athletic, like – He's like you said, he's still going to be like a dominant player. Like, yeah, just because he gained some weight and got a little bit bigger as he went on. Like, you know, I, I don't buy the whole notion that like his game's not going to age at all. Like, I agree. He's no, out. ages perfectly. Yeah. It his game perfectly. is not is not like predicated on his athleticism. It's never been. He is the craftiest dude in our yes. generation. He is the craftiest dude in the NBA from the moment he came in. It's not on his speed. He's not Russell Westbrook. Like this man knows how to play the game at the highest of levels. And he does it on every single part, every exactly. single aspect of the game. He exactly. he is an extremely intelligent player. He shoots 88% from the line from his career. This man will be hitting free throws when Ben Simmons was afraid to ever get to the line. It changes everything. Harden's game will grow as always has, and he doesn't need to be this blow-by athlete because he never really right. has been. I mean, he he was crazy athletic, but it's always been hesitation moves, step back moves. The, his floater game is like, bro, him and Tyrese have the best floaters in the NBA, and they're both on our team. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. And I'll that's, argue- why I, that's why I think he's going to be – He's going to be good for longer than people think he is. People are saying, oh, two years. He's got two years left or whatever. When you say he's crafty, he has that old man game. He's that guy at the pickup court that's literally 58 years old schooling kids because of just his IQ, just his pump fake, his up and under, his his footwork, all that stuff. So I think even even as he gets closer, if he wants to, if he retires, he retires. But if he wants to, he could play till he's 40 because he's just that high IQ of a basketball player. Yeah, and I'm glad – uh, Greg brings up Russell Westbrook because that is the pure example of a guy whose game does not translate. And, you know, he can just keep running it downhill, running into the ground. Like, you put him with other stars, you see what happens. Like, you can't win with that guy. James Harden can adapt his game. And, you know, I would even argue it's better for his game to age being with Joel Embiid because it's not like he has to put up 50 every single night. You know, like now there's a guy that can take the pressure off of Joel and there's a guy that can take the pressure off James as well. Like 
I, I just think it's the perfect duo. I think it's the guy we've been waiting for this entire time, a guy just like that. And somehow we got him, man. Um, That's always been the thought in the back of our minds when we got Daryl Morey, though, right? I mean, this has always been kind of our number one on our Christmas wish list, and we finally got it. I also would like to say that Julius Randle currently is 27 points against Brooklyn, and they are dismantling them in the third fourth quarter. I can't wait to watch. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to watch Knicks fan TV after this, and I think I'm going to call into the show just to rip, just to rip the yeah. Brooklyn Nets to New York Knicks fans. I really want to do it. Let me tell you guys something. First of all, let's read these two super chats. Real time with the two dollars super chat. Appreciate it. Says Ader Simmons is a generational light skinned player. Uh, appreciate the super chat. Kevin with the five dollars super chat says everyone has to stop doubting us. Buyout market and horns arrival still await. I can't wait to prove the media wrong and stick it to Adam Snake Silver. Love it, Kevin. Yeah, guys, we're gonna be the uh we're gonna be the 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 team that's really hated, but I'm ready for it. Like, bring it on, man. Bring it on. Anyway. Let me tell you guys a soliloquy real quick about how down bad the Knicks fans are, okay? Like, I've been listening to Knicks fans' coverage. How is that? All right, there is we go. You? I don't know what that was. Um, guess they didn't want to hear my soliloquy. But anyway, <laughs> um, Knicks fans are down so bad right now. Like, I believe they've lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They lost to the Portland Trailblazers. The Knicks fans, like... They're done. They're they're screaming tank. And, I've listened to them for like three days now, and they're and they like did nothing at the trade deadline. They did, they did nothing. nothing at the trade deadline. They didn't even <laughs> sell. And they, their coach will not play a man that they traded a first round pick for. Cam Reddish. He doesn't play. And Knicks fans are like, I feel like they just want to boycott their team at this point. They anyway, the reason I bring this up is because they are squandering the Brooklyn Nets. The Knicks have no life. They are at their their lowest point. They are at their lowest point. And they, they just lost to Portland without anybody. Portland's a G League team. And then they lost to OKC. And they're they're beating Brooklyn. Like that's what that's my point. That's our point. Brooklyn is not good. They might not even make the playoffs. They might have to be in the play-in tournament, man. Like I don't they know. They might want that. They yeah. might honestly, Brooklyn might want to be in the play-in. It gives Kyrie more opportunities to play. Isn't that crazy? Bro, like I said when they like I said when they first signed all three of these guys and had no interior defense and no bench, I wasn't scared of them. Even with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, because I just it's three three ball dominant guards. They're all three, Greg, you've said it before, kind of the same player. It doesn't really make that much sense. And they have no bench and no interior defense. Now they add Seth Curry, they get Andre Drummond in the middle. Uh, but you lose James Harden and you gain a guy that's not going to give you anything in the half court. I don't think they're even Dude. any better. What, what did I say after that trade? I said they are going for the future. They are hoping and praying. They just gave up their whole future to get James Harden. Do you know, like, I can't wait till the little hangover is done and they realize, yo, the Nets just gave up their entire haul of a future for James Harden and he left. Like Dumb trade. Dude, when you already have Kyrie and Durant, it's such a dumb trade. Bolster your bench, get an interior defense. Exactly. Like you don't give up your whole future for another exactly. ball dominant guard. And you got rid of Jared. <laughs> but that's <laughs> Jared, Jared Allen. Car- let's let's rehash that trade again. Jared Allen, Karis Levert, and seven first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> and the Brooklyn Nets, they're losing right now to the Knicks. They lost eleven in a row, and they won a game because Seth Curry carried them on his back. And now they're losing to the Knicks, who are at their lowest point. I'm telling y'all, they might, they're not, 
they're hoping and praying that the future works out because guess what? They also have another disgruntled star, not disgruntled, but like, he's just not there fully. And he could leave after this season. I'm telling y'all right now. What do we think about a, a Knicks Nets first round playing? Cause he can't play in New York. Whoa. I think, I think New York Knicks fans would take over the Barclays. I don't think there would be they would more than a thousand over. Brooklyn fans. Right. From someone who's been to the Barclays and lives in Brooklyn. Yeah. 100%. I'm done. <laughs> Dude, like these dudes, like people thought I was joking about it. Like they have to hope and pray that Ben Simmons becomes what he was supposed to be. Now, to us, we're sitting here like, yo, that's really what these cats are hoping for right now. But to them, it's like, oh, well, you know, he was supposed to be the, the greatest thing since sliced bread and this and that. Like, I'm telling y'all, man, it's not looking bright for that team. No, they're, they're, they just think they're just reaching to make themselves feel good about it but it's, it's unreal it's unreal yeah. man boogie shout out to you man great knicks fan that tunes into the channel he says uh we're winning a professional basketball <laughs> and then he says i'm telling y'all the knicks fan boogie knows himself man he's been he's been keeping us updated he says master p and i are currently bringing in the tank dude knicks fans are done with this season. hey listen i, I gotta give him this um uh, Tom Thibodeau has played Cam Reddish ten minutes in this basketball game, and he has wow. eight points. And he yeah. has eight points. That wow. might be that <laughs> I've been listening to Nick's podcast. They call him Tom Thibodeau Year Two. Like, this is what he does. Year One, everybody buys into a system, they kill it, and then Year Two, he sucks. Also, I would like to say the Pistons are up by two with forty-two seconds left. Wow, Jalen Brown is thirty-one. Man, back back down to earth, real quick, Boston. <laughs> Their fans will be nowhere, man. It, it's, it's unreal. <laughs> Daniel, you know what? If I can find them, if I can find them, I'm finding the, the I'm finding the Nets content creators tonight, and I'm finding the Boston content creators tonight, and I'm gonna sit up here for three hours and troll the shit out of them like they did me last night. I think I'm gonna do that all night. I was getting trolled I, all night, even though we've owned them in the last however many matchups. Um, but it's it's, it's crazy, man. Daniel with the ten dollar donation says Chris Paul is still playing at an elite level at his age. Who says Harden can't play like that since he doesn't use his athleticism a ton? Uh, Maxi could become like Booker with Harden. I think Maxi and Harden are going to be such a lethal combination, especially if Harden's here for a couple years at least. Like he's going to see the blossoming of Tyrese Maxi, and Maxi's not a selfish player, so like I could see it fitting perfectly. I wish there was I mean, a way that I could stream me joining post game. Never mind. I'll, I'll try to figure it out. I don't think anybody on Philadelphia is selfish, you know, like, I think that's the beautiful part of this. Like we, we brought in a guy who is very unselfish, but at the same time is that dog that can go out and get that fourth quarter bucket that we've desperately needed because I am tired of relying on Tobias Harris to go out and get us a bucket with a minute and 46 seconds left. It doesn't work. And as hard as it is to get the ball down low for Joel Embiid, I mean, it, it's so much easier to have a perimeter guy who can create his own shot because we've never had a guy who can create from the perimeter. That's why we drafted Markel Fultz. He was supposed to be, if you remember, his draft comparison was James Harden, and now we have James Harden. Yeah, it's unreal, man. It's unreal. Taz with the $2 donation says their future is Ben Simmons. It's crazy, man. It really is. Like, they went, like, Katie and them went to Brooklyn with the idea of, like, we're going to take over this place, this city, and, like, it's just not working out, man. So... We'll see what happens, but um, I'm confident, yeah. fellas. Same. There's somebody in the, there's somebody in the chat we got to block for for permanently. 
if you just look at it, you'll you'll know who I mean with the with the name. Yeah, I already blocked his other account, so he came back in with a secondary account. <sighs> God, why? It's, it's it's unreal, man. But hey, we appreciate the views, man. We got four fifty in the house still. Thank you Hit all. The for like being here. We need yeah. some likes. Yeah, like the stream, guys, and wherever you're watching, subscribe. All of our channels definitely uh, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter too. Uh, our names are there uh, on our on the bottom of our screens. Um, dude, it's going to get interesting, man. And I, I can't wait, you know, by the way, we play the Knicks at our home opener. Um, I'm, I'm expecting Harden to go off for at least 32. I'm calling it right now. 32. Philadelphia will erupt. They're going to. And, oh man. And James Harden, like I can already see him kind of getting incorporated with the crowd. Like, I feel like he's been waiting for that. And I feel like he went to Brooklyn expecting that and it's crazy like a, a team with three stars like couldn't even give them that and he comes to philly and he's already seeing people buy out his jersey before he even steps on the floor you know so it's like i don't know man i i, I think harden and Embiid are about to change the tune real quick hope so we need it we deserve it man we deserve it this has been a rough last eight years and dj it's been a rough last 26 years however long it's been since <laughs> 1995 my man yep 26 we got, we got um, a caller from new jersey what's going on hello what's up um i think that the hardest deal was so I, i'm so happy about it because like i was just cool what was happening and i we were like reading and i'm looking at my computer and i get a notification from you and and the flip my Ben Simmons has been traded for James Harden. I'm like, that can't be true. Like, that, that 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 can't be true. <laughs> did you run out of school, Shane? Did you did you tell the teacher you're out? It's too important. I got things to do. No, but like, I'm so excited because like, I was sick of watching Joel having to get out of these double teams, and I was sick of watching like I was watching OB the one night, and like, I I felt the frustration of Matisse taking six shots and just missing them all. I'm like. We, we need shooters. We need to go get shooters. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Matisse can be part of your starting lineup in, in in an NBA playoff team. Can he play? Yeah, 100%. I love this kid. Yo, Shane, anything else you got for us? Yeah, um, honestly, I was telling my stepdad, I don't want Danny Green in the front of I was thinking Matisse. But now that I think about it more, I was thinking, why don't we get this? Why don't we put Isaiah Joe in there? Give Isaiah Joe more minutes because that's the only way he's going to get development. I love this kid. Yeah. By the way, chat and anybody that hasn't heard him before, Shane is 14 years old and he he could run a basketball team better than Doc Rivers. We agree with you. Actually, Shane. his name is, he doesn't. He deserves Glenn Rivers. <laughs> that's right. Um, Jeremy Grant just put the Pistons up with eight seconds hey, to thanks go. Thanks for the call, Shane. Have oh, that's man. huge. That's huge. Grant just put them up with eight seconds to go. Can they get the W? I love and Shane. In, in TD Garden. <laughs> I love Shane because people hear his voice and they're like, wow, this is a seven-year-old. And then he talks and they're like, oh, my God, he knows exactly mm -hmm. what he's talking about. I agree with this kid. Yes, Shane knows this. Yeah, I'm Shane. telling y'all, man. Boston is, I think we were talking about this before we hopped on here. Like, Boston is about to come down to earth. 
and they are back to being the team they were. And Jimmy J, if you're in here, show your face, man. I know you probably are. Grant Williams is kind of killing it lately, though, which sucks. That dude's four threes tonight. I would like to see him come back down to earth first because he is a big-time difference maker. If he can hit shots, man, that's a tough team to beat. <laughs> New York up eight with six minutes left. I love it. I love it. Drop some questions in the chat, man. Take a couple more calls, and we'll get out of here. Let's go rapid fire, man. Give us some thoughts. Somebody give us some hot takes. Something, man. Who's ready to see James Harden in the Wells Fargo Center? I still can't believe it. I, I wake up each morning, and I'm like, <laughs> is James Harden a sixer? Like, I see this man in practice. I see him in a press conference. I'm like, yo, is it real? Bro, Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton's got 19 points and 14 assists. I, I listen. I, I when when they first put that team together, I said, "Cancer Kyrie will implode that team," and I I swear to God, James Harden hung out with this dude for two months out of their almost two seasons together or one and a half seasons together. He he had probably seven conversations with this guy and said, "I gotta get out of here." <laughs> like dude, like it, it, when you hear Kyrie Irving talk about basketball. It's just, and I've said it before, whatever you want to do in life, go do it. But retire from basketball. He doesn't care about basketball. Like They're probably complaining about plays in practice or we should do this and we should do that. And Kyrie's probably like, guys, there's there's wars in Syria. Why are we talking? Like, you know what I mean? He's just so, bro, just retire. Harden was like, I'm out, bro. I, I got to get away from this guy. Did you hear the report about uh, what Kyrie was doing in the locker room a couple weeks ago that like, Apparently he was like, you know, I, I think the report said that like he was, uh, you know, smoking in the locker room, and um, <laughs> and James Harden just looked at it and he was like, smoking. He said, "I'm pretty sure that's what they said, right? It was something like that, and it was like the latest report." And they said Harden just looked at him and was just like, "Yo, what are we even doing here?" Like, and they they were saying that's when everything started to stem, and you know he just got so frustrated and just stopped coming like on time and oh he was burning he was burning sage in the locker room dude's a weirdo he was having like some meditation with like some burning like incense and stuff like that yeah he's i I thought they said he was smoking but either way hey pissons one yeah it's just it's he's he doesn't care about basketball and it's it's actually crazy it'll go down in history of a player that's as naturally gifted as him at this game to be able to not care about this sport at all, leave for three weeks and come back and drop 47 points in the, in the best league in the world. That's it's ridiculous how good he is, but he doesn't care. And it's not, it's never going to work him. Yeah. The only reason it ever worked one time was LeBron James. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, just, so, just for the record, the, the Pistons are four and 25 on the road and they just went into TD garden and beat the Celtics. So, um, Celtics fans, you know, shout out to you. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to Earth. Welcome back to Earth. Welcome oh, back. Wait, was there what was their three point percentage? You're telling me it wasn't 78%? I thought they were gonna shoot yeah. that the rest of the season. They actually shot 41% from three and still lost that game. Oh man. Welcome back to Earth, man. Boogie with the two dollar donation. I'm dying to Harden's face when Kyrie burned the sage. Yeah, I can't imagine what he was thinking. Like it's just it's crazy, man. 
Um, the dude said Kyrie's like having Kanye West as a teammate. That's the most accurate. <laughs> that is the most accurate depiction of Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Somebody it said, is. um, it's good. It's a tradition to ward out bad spirits or thoughts. Well, when it comes down to an NBA locker room, like I just He is the bad spirit in thought, bro. Ward out yourself, Kyrie. He might have good he might have good spirits as far as life, but not basketball, man. Get away from the NBA, please. Damn. So using that that's my main thing. You're using money that you're being paid to play basketball to do all these worldly things except play basketball. Maybe he feels like he has a higher purpose or something. I don't know. Hey, Kyrie's going to do what Kyrie wants to do, man. It's proven time and time again. Ever since he wanted his own team, uh, things went downhill, man. Things went downhill. They said James Harden missed one flat earth seminar and everything went downhill. <laughs> Are y'all right, taking we got, calls we, we gotta, wanting to discuss the major trade with you guys? Yeah, we'll take we'll take them one more. We got a caller on the line. What's going on? Yo. Oh, I forgot to hit the thing. My bad. I, I, the, the, new app, you. the new app, I have to switch it over every time. All right, go ahead, man. What's up? Uh, I have some CBA things I wanted to get you guys' opinions on. Because obviously this next CBA is going to be a big deal. And I wouldn't be too surprised if there might even be a lockout. But I want to run through some things by you guys and see what you think about it. All right. Okay, number one, no more five-year contracts. Number two, players can only be out with a doctor's note from an injury. No more mental health nonsense. I mean, if it's legitimately a mental health issue, then it has to be from a doctor. The, 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 Number pro- three. The, the problem with, I don't want to cut you off there, but the, the, there's always going to be an issue with that because it's just something you can't prove. And that's why it's such a card to pull because, you know, uh, that you can get a doctor's note for that and nobody can argue it. That's going to be the new age of like missing work, actually. I need off for the weekend. I'm going to tell him I blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but number three, players must be required to practice five hours a day. Now, hear me out on this. You're getting paid millions of dollars, guys. Come on now. Come on. I mean, people sweating to death working construction out there. I mean, I don't think it's too much to ask to maybe practice five hours a day. That includes maybe an hour in the gym. Uh, and then lastly, I have one more here. Season should be down, or should be drawn out an extra two months to relieve players from fatigue with travel. So it would be a regular 82 game schedule, but extended like an extra two months to, to reduce injuries and all that stuff. What do you guys think? At that point, it becomes a year-long season. Like, it's just never-ending. Um, but if you guys want to start with it, you guys can go. Wait, we're extending the season two months? Is that what you said? Yeah, extend it two months. This way, players don't injury? have to play so many games. Yes, to prevent injury and also to prevent fatigue on players. Like, you know, they always go on around crazy all the time. Oh, seriously, so space thinking, the games out more. Space the games out many more. games all at once. No more load yeah. management. Yeah, I'm thinking if players play so many games consistently, then then that re- could be a contributing factor to injury. What do you guys think? Um, <laughs> I think you should email uh, Adam Silver. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to extend. I would love to. I don't think they're going to drag out a season an extra two months. I mean, that gets into TV money, and you know they schedule yeah. TV series around the NBA and things like that. They're never going to do that. If anything, they'll shorten the season. Um, that mental health thing, like. Dude, it's like you said, DJ, you can't really prove it. I think the one thing that will come up in the CBA 
that has to do with it is if you have a problem, you have to be showing that you're at least trying to get help or you're reaching out to get help. Like you can't just say you have something like Ben Simmons and then decline your team's offers to help you deal with your issues. And like whether it's therapy, whether it's whatever it is, like you need to show that you're at least trying to mentally improve. So yeah, and and maybe uh, this is a sports podcast, but we could go. I mean, maybe we need to advance the diagnosis of mental health. Maybe maybe we need to get to the point where doctors are saying, "Okay, you specifically have this based on what you told me, or based on what you're feeling like." That I've experienced it a lot of times in my life. Um, doctors basically they can't figure out what you're going through, and they just say, "Oh, you have anxiety." Here's some medicine for that. That's it. That's that, that. It's the blanket over them not knowing what the hell is going on with you. So that's why it's so hard to prove because it's not a specific thing. They just they're just like, well, you you know, you have a mental thing going on. Here's some medicine, and you're you know. But it, I would feel like you would at least have to be diagnosed with something. You know, Mike Missinelli on ninety seven point five said the trade was Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> like the trade was anxiety the trade was anxiety medicine the like, new spicy oh, lovers pizza i had mental health issues i got traded now i'm good like there would have to i think you might have to get to the point where there has to be a diagnosis by a doctor saying this guy has this and needs to do this to fix that he's basically gotten away with just saying something and nobody wants to touch it all right back to the sixers <laughs> yeah man <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where where that last caller took us, man. Like, just took us down a, a dark alleyway, turn left. It a yield. Um, players practicing for five hours a day. I. Nah. There's always going to be a battle in in professional sports of of demanding something from a player, but a player being so good at the sport that he's going to get away with certain things because teams want the best players on their team. It's always going to happen. If James Harden wants to practice for 20 minutes a day. And he looks like he's in shape and ready to go. They're going to be like, all right, cool. Uh, you know, come to practice next week. That's how Allen Iverson was. How about this? If if you don't shoot the basketball, <laughs> you get <laughs> you get your salary cut in half, your weekly check. Like, come on, man. Just shoot the basketball. Give me a break. Like, come yeah, on. 2-5 could have practiced for five hours a day and still not shot the ball. Right. If you don't do the, the main part of the sport, you, you get your – check cut in half how about that how about that that's good seriously like we're demanding this from you you're you have all these intangibles we need you to do this if you if you won't do that you're right. gonna get penalized right yeah there's no way you show up to a practice gym and you don't shoot a basketball you see what i'm saying like i don't care if you're the best ever at playmaking if you don't shoot a basketball like it, it you're not getting paid let's go play quarterback and not throw the ball let's just turn into a running quarterback you see what i mean like yeah, you know, you're going to you're going to be decent. You might get hurt a little bit. You might get some yards. Come on, man. Like you're No, eventually it doesn't make sense. We're, we're talking about playing basketball and not shooting the basketball. Like How is it how has this even been an argument for as long as it has? The argument should have been over 5 years ago from that right there. You're playing basketball <laughs> and you're not shooting it and you're refusing to shoot it. And now yeah. you yeah. have millions of fans reaching every day, pulling biceps and shoulder and rotator cuffs, reaching to defend you every day because you won't shoot a basketball while playing basketball. It's the weirdest. It's it's going to go dead. 30 for 30. Can't wait for it. And I, I really hope we get to the point where some of my YouTube segments are in 
the 30 for 30 because <laughs> yeah i said that too. i was like yo if, if the sixers end up winning the chip and this whole process timeline gets a 30 for 30 they got to put us in that thing man they gotta yeah. put our rants in that. way back when we had twelve thousand subscribers you know what i mean they're gonna put your uh your fire brett brown podcast uh clips in there man all part yeah. of the process man did the knicks really squander this lead bro they're down by three bro, i'm watching it no I'm watching it. Oh, Seth Curry, huge three. The Knicks are huge three. They are. If the Knicks lose this game, I think they might sell their franchise. Like, did Seth, did, did, if Seth hits a, if Seth comes up clutch, we're not going to hear. We're going to hear he nothing about that for the next. He three already weeks. did. He already That's did. Perfectly like, fine. They're, they're trying to squeeze out win against the Knicks. A minute forty left, and Seth hit a banger from three. Well, it's even he's a, the best it, player. He's their best player right now. <laughs> Seth Curry's best player. Nah, dude, the Nets' best player right now is Julius Randle. This man is atrocious on a basketball court. Dude, Knicks fans. Seth Knicks Curry's fans. Shout out, to, shout out to my guy Boogie in the chat, man. Boogie, like, if I was a Knicks fan, I might actually shed a tear because they lost to Portland, they lost to OKC, and here they are, about to choke another lead. Down one with a minute. Well, this will be uh, uh, even a better reason for me to watch Knicks fan TV if they blow this. <laughs> Bro, this game's crazy. Ben Simmons clapping. All right, Ben. Of course he is. Welcome back. That's my son's geek in the chat, man. Appreciate you being in here, bro. What's up, guys? Late to the party. Wanted to say hi. Keep up the great work. I'm so happy the 2-5 saga is over. I hear you, son's geek. Must be nice to utilize draft picks, isn't it? (laughs) Must be nice. They're really getting mid-range jumpers from 99-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge with a pacemaker, man. It's unbelievable. Dude, this like, guy literally last year, and he came back. Dude, this guy literally died and got and got the got the the two metal things. What's it called? On top of him, you know what I mean? Later. Yeah, and and came back to the NBA, man. Wow. Dude, can I tell you how? Like, I'm looking at the Nets box score, right? Seth Curry is their best player, <laughs> and uh, James Johnson is their second leading scorer in the starting lineup. And Cam Thomas off the bench is 18, but he shot 20 times. Like, come on, man. They, they don't have anybody outside of their core. Yeah, like the thing is, they're only really missing KD and Ben Simmons. Granted, granted Joe Harris, but all right. What are the, um, He's out for the season, so. That's why you can't get a third star anymore, man, because you got to give up your whole depth. you got to give up the whole core, man. Yeah. Outside of the core. Like I mean, if you're gonna if anyone's gonna talk crap on the, the Sixers trade for Harden, it's gotta be ten times louder on the Brooklyn Nets aspect of trading for Harden. Cause what did we really give up? Nothing. Look at the package that we offered last year. Matisse Thibel, Tyrese Maxey, and two more, three more first round picks. They said no, and then we kept on to three of those things. So I mean crazy. Again, I don't I don't know how you could be mad at the Sixers. I can't believe the Knicks are gonna squander this game, bro. Hopefully it's they just, hit a three here. Seeing two five on the side clapping is just it, it'll always blow my mind that he said in the press conference it had nothing to do with the fans or this team or anything like that. He was just going through something mentally. And then he got traded and he's in the arena clapping. So why weren't you in our arena clapping if it had nothing to do with the it doesn't make any sense? He was not prepared, man. And and the thing that gets me is like they asked him like the intro question to what needed to be asked, but they didn't ask the follow-up. The follow-up should have been Okay, well, if it's not concerning that, then, or if there is anything with mental health, why didn't you bring it up until the first fine came out? Like, why didn't you bring it up 
at the end of the series. You know what I mean? Like that should have been the follow-up question. It's and, so and, obvious that it was a lie. It's so obvious. He wouldn't have answered the questions anyway. Also, the Knicks just gave up two offensive rebounds, and so now they're fouling. Oh, my goodness. Wow, you guys saw that. Knicks are going to be that team where they, you know, go back to the – I might even do it myself. I might go back and watch that video tonight of the, uh, the street side reporter after the playoff game against the Hawks where, like, Knicks fans were out of their mind. Like, they thought it was the turning of their franchise. <laughs> so the Nets are really going to celebrate beating the Kings and the Knicks. They're going nuts, dude. Beating the Kings and going down to the wire with the Knicks. That's what they're going to celebrate tonight. How can the Knicks look as promising as they did last year without any talent? You want to actually you you guys want to know something? Let me know if you agree with this. Chat, let me know. The New York Knicks pulled an Elton Brand. This offseason, after looking promising, they they signed Julius Randle to what a max extension. They signed Nerlens Noel to like a $30 million, $40 million contract. They signed Alec Burks to $10 million a year. They signed who? Evan Fournier Evan to like Fournier. $20 million a year. Yeah. They put him out in brand. They did. They, like, they stopped playing everything that worked. Like Thibodeau right. does not play Emmanuel quickly. And though he missed a wide open three to tie the game, he's one of their better players. Evan Fournier doesn't play any defense. And yet you're going to put him in a Thibodeau situation. Julius Randle got his money and said, I'm done. I mean, the whole thing is, dude, they just don't play the guys who are good. And they overpay these dudes because they and thought what? Here's that, the year. that last play right there. Julius Randle had has what? 30 points in this game. He didn't try to get a single rebound right there. He's standing under the rim and got beat twice. Yo, Tibbs might get fired tonight, guys. He might be going tonight. Like Julius Randle. Julius Randle's a problem. Yeah. He's a problem. Yo, think about Julius Randle, right? The Sixers fans, we view Tobias Harris as frustrating because, you know, he's pretty much a third option, but he's paid to be a max. Like, he's paid as a max player. Now, think about if Tobias Harris was our number one option. (laughs) Like, that is what the Knicks are going through. Like, exactly. Julius Randle, like, is not a number one option, but they keep going with him. When I I went to the Knicks game, when Curry broke the three-point record, I'm just, like, chopping it up with Knicks fans, and they despise Julius Randle. They're like, bro, we paid a fourth-best player on a championship-winning team a max contract. They know. It's like everybody knows but the front office of the New York Knicks. Is that Carl Thomas hits the dagger? Cam Thomas, yeah. Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas with the dagger. We got a caller from we got a caller from Las Vegas. What's going on? Yo, what's going? Hey, running back. Big up, quest, you know, from Philly, living in Las Vegas. You know, I'm on, I'm on your channel, and uh, my man to the right. I just subscribed to your channel just to make sure I show that Philly love. So I just want to let you know that as well. Um, you know, when it comes to the Sixers um, situation. You know, I think it'll be a good situation with Harden, you know, being on the floor. The only thing that I can say is that are we contenders? Yes. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the playoffs, it's all going to be about matchup. The matchup is going to be a most important thing. Like the the in the bubble championship, LeBron and them got away with winning that because it was the matchup. Nobody could match up if somebody could hold down LeBron. They couldn't deal with AD. And then the role players around them. So I hope that during the buyout that they actually get, you know, we definitely need a big man and an additional shooter 
because it's good to have two superstars there, but it's going to be about matchups at the end of the day if we're talking about a playoff championship run. As far as the Ben Simmons, literally never really cared too much for the guy, but honestly, you know, they they could be a legitimate, more of a contender because he doesn't have to shoot and he can facilitate and play defense and he can handle the ball at his height. You know, a 6'10", 6'11", point guard, most point guards are what? 6'3", 6'2"? So he can have an advantage there. But as far as us, the Sixers, to me, if Doc can find a way to have Maxi and Harden on the floor at the same time, I do not want to see Danny Green old ass start. I don't want to see it. I do not want to see that. It's going to be a problem. So if they, if they can, we can get a good uh, uh, starting lineup and have our bench be able to score some points when the you know our starters are tired. I can say I will have a little bit more confidence of us being a contender. But right now, I'm just a little shaky with the overall team. It's great on paper with Harden and Embiid and Tobias. For now, Tobias could be the third guy. He was never built to be that guy where people can really depend on because, you know, I watched that playoff game. Tobias choked as well. Oh, yeah. He choked as he didn't know what to do with the ball last year. He didn't know what to do when the – when the series was on the line, <laughs> yeah, he don't he know what know. to do. Yeah. He don't. And it's like when nobody's worried about him, the media's not worried about him, the, the Philly fans not worried about him, oh, Tobias dropped 20-plus points. You got to – he, he got to be left alone for him to be effective. So I'm not really I, – I can't even – to me, the big three is Maxi Harden and Embiid. To be honest with you, it yeah. ain't even Tobias Harris. Yeah, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, again, man, showing all y'all love, man. You know, I tune in after work and, you know, running back. I've been vibing with you, RB. Been vibing with you. We're doing a lot of plays and stuff like that. And, my man, again, my screen, scroll, my, my, my screen is small because I, uh, I'm calling. But I just described for your page. This is day plus, man. I appreciate the love and respect. And y'all keep on doing the good work. My man, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Also, real quick, we just got some breaking news here. Tristan Thompson. To the Bulls. To the Chicago Bulls. Waved by the Pacers. Signing with the Chicago Bulls. Instant thoughts. You beat me to it, RB. I had that. I saw that Woj tweet, bro. We're like the the Woj and Wendy battle out here, man. Got to hop in the octagon real quick. Yeah, it's going to come down. It's going to come down to veterans like that choosing who they think has the best chance in 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 the NBA to win a championship, or if they want to come to the Eastern Conference, who they think the best has the best chance in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Bulls aren't a bad team to choose. I mean, Demar Derozan's on a roll. They got three All Star level players. Um, You know, Jason Thompson chose Chicago. Makes sense. Shout out to uh, Pope with the $2 donation as well. So Celtics fans are not chirping anymore. Now they're gone, man. They're gone. Long gone. Is Tristan from Chicago? I don't know where he's from, but uh, let's just say he's made more headlines with uh, (laughs) non-basketball-related things lately. He makes a lot of L.A. headlines, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh shit, he's from Canada. Never mind. Well, what the caller said about about Ben is uh, he's not a point guard, and you know him being six ten, that that whole like oh he's a six ten point guard, so he has an advantage. No, he doesn't. We've seen it now for too many years. No, he doesn't. Like in theory, he does. When you see it happen on the court in the half court, no, he doesn't because he won't do anything with the ball. When when people move away from him and stop guarding him, net that's the reason. There's a reason Nets fans are watching his 2016 summer league highlights and or his 2017 highlights. And he even alluded to his 2017 season in that presser, talking about when I had Marco Bellinelli and all these guys around me shooting. That was when nobody knew that if we just don't guard you, you can't do anything. That's what was happening then. Watch all those yes. highlights. He was amazing yes. when people would step outside the three-point line and try to guard him. As soon as everybody point. took five steps back, his game's done. That's a great point. <laughs> Brad Shit. Stevens figured him out in the first round, and we got absolutely destroyed where we had to put TJ McConnell in the starting lineup because <laughs> we had no we had no creation, man, and we just didn't Brad know what to do. Brad Stevens ended Ben Simmons' career. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Um We'll take a, we'll, we'll read a few more and then we'll get out of here. We got 400 still in here. Thank you guys so much. Um, you guys are honestly the best man. And all, I can, I'm sure I can speak for these two as well. In addition to myself, like we are motivated more than ever because, you know, at least me personally, like just seeing these narratives about the Sixers now, like I, I'm going to use it to kind of fuel the fire. You know what I mean? But the coverage is just going to ramp up. You guys, there were people out there that said, Oh, these guys are going to have nothing to talk about once a trade happens. Well, guess what? <laughs> we got more to talk about now. We got more to talk about. Like, things are just getting started, man. This is the the, the beginning of a new path with the Sixers, man. But this time we're talking about high-level expectations, man. Realistic um, high-level expectations. Exactly. I'm ready for it, man. I just read a comment that said, giving up Seth and Drummond was a mistake and Maury panicked. I Oh, here they come. They came in a wave last night, too. Bro, can we maybe let James Harden play just, like, one time and then see if we're going to react? What are you? What I, are you I heard – a rocket scientist or something? I don't <laughs> you got a crystal ball? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't remember which podcast I was listening to. It's not ESPN, so it's, like, one that we can believe in. Um, they were, like, basically saying, dude, you don't start after 10 games. Say who won the trade. It's so much cheaper than that. Let the season run out and then talk about who won the trade. Yeah, and, and I said that too. Like, it's not going to look good for like five, ten games at least. Like, it's going to uh -huh. take time to get on oh, the yeah. court and play this way. So, like, give it yeah. some time and see how this team actually looks in the long term. Then the tune will start to change, man. Yeah, even when even when Harden gets on the court, if there's a lot of things that go wrong, miscommunication, uh, defensive rotations, I would expect to see uh, not look the best uh game one there's a lot of things and and the world the sports world is going to implode you know if we lose the first game with james harden on the on the floor uh but you're absolutely right you got to give it you got to give it five ten games man you have to shout out to my guy uh sons geek man and shout out to boogie I, i'm so grateful for a knicks fan like boogie who's a good sport he said guys the tank's gone but we have a submarine <laughs> boogie we're praying for you man like it i i can't even imagine i can't even imagine like it tough times in new york man. tough times in new york i respect um, these dudes who aren't sixers fans but like have an appreciation towards the sixers 
exactly man that's what we try to do here we, we just try to give our perspective and, and you know welcome in the good fans that are, are looking for the perspective but yes sir anyway with that being said it's been a great uh wednesday night edition We're, what are we four minutes away from two hours do we stay on for the two hour mark yeah let's go one more call from from new hampshire right, you, you gotta blow us away let's go come on what's going on man much man i can't believe i just watched those Knicks choke that lead that was horrible <laughs> <laughs> they're so bad Terrible. oh my god um yeah so i saw that um what's his face Trist- tristan thompson just signed with the bulls all right so like who's next on your list to get picked up by us uh for us for a for a big man for a cody big man Zell. off the bench i never wanted tristan thompson cody yeah big, cody cody big, Big man or a shooter, either one. We need something, man. We need some guards, something. What's your pick, Greg? Would you say big man Cody Zeller, and then my ideal buyout guy, Gary Harris, maybe Eric Gordon, maybe you know three and D type of dudes. Yeah, if we you can get it, Eric Gordon would be cool. A guy who would normally start, but now that we have Harden, put him on the bench, where Seth Curry should have been the whole time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Eric Gordon. I didn't even think about Eric Gordon, man. He would be perfect. You know, Daryl's going to try to get him. <laughs> we just we just creating the Rockets all over <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Tristan Thompson's not good. Like, uh, you know, let's not sit up here and act like Tristan Thompson's good. I mean, I, I was just saying. I just put him in that. I don't. I just put him in Thompson. I just put him in that video because it, it, when, last time he got significant minutes, he averaged ten point one rebounds a game. That's the only. You know, we we can't rebound at all. So. That's the only reason I put him in there. I don't even yeah, know. exactly. You, man, I mean, yeah. dudes are talking about Robin Lopez. Like, I don't want Robin <laughs> Lopez. That man doesn't do anything. I don't want that guy. That guy, like, that guy hurt Embiid in the playoffs. But I don't want him anywhere near this team. His, his best, his best option is a, is a hook shot, the post. Like, yo, Allah, Ami, Ami, Ami. He's that dude, too. He hates him. That's Allah the weirdest hook shot I've ever seen. Oh, it's horrible. I never want to see that hook shot in a Sixers <laughs> uniform. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's so bad. It comes from the floor. It looks like he's scooping ice cream off the floor. He's like, I hate it. So I know. Much. It was like that shot was that shot was like automatic against us. Only against us that he'll make that shot every time. Yeah. If it's anyone else, he'll miss it. That's mm-hmm. it. Of course. <laughs> hey, Aaron Donald's at the Lakers game from the, from all the all sixty two fans that were at the parade. <laughs> oh, that Lakers so bad. I mean, that's. Oh man. That's what I picture like uh, Nets fans to be like. If Nets, ever, if the Nets ever won the championship, their parade would be like sixty people in the street. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it, it would. It would. There'd be a lot of Knicks fans there to sabotage it, probably. Yeah, they'd be trolling each other. But um, I can't. I'm just so excited, man, for Harden after the break to come in. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a whole new team. I'm excited. Amen. Yeah, man. Yo, thanks for the call, can't man. We, Appreciate it. I just don't, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem, DJ. I didn't mean to no, cut you off. Go ahead. It's like, no, you're good. I just didn't want to. I just don't want to ever see Tobias have to dribble again and like pretend he's the second option. I'm just, I'm just excited for that to end finally. Exactly. Yeah. Like finally, I think we're gonna we're gonna have a ball handler on the floor at all times. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. We'll have a real floor general. It's gonna feel like it's gonna feel like uh, we're gonna have like a Chris Paul on the team, and I'm just really excited for that finally. Yeah, man, there's there's excitement around this around this team and around this city, man, and we're excited. Me and RB and everybody were talking about if if nothing happens at the trade deadline, 
it's going to suck covering his team for the rest of the year because what are we going to say? Now it's like there's this new level of excitement. It's fun. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'll keep watching you, boys. You guys are crushing it. Appreciate Thanks, man. Appreciate All that. Right, appreciate I, I'm sorry. I just got to go to this one comment because it just made me laugh out loud. <laughs> you gave up depth for one player when it should have been an even swap. Nothing else. That was a panic move. Bruh. I appreciate the troops. That's all I'll say to that. I appreciate the comment. <laughs> you gave up seven yes. first-round picks for him. A we gave up move. Seth Curry. A panic move. <laughs> no, realistically, we traded Josh Richardson for James Harden. Realistically, we traded Casper for James Harden. Wow, you really brought it all the way back to Casper Ware, RB. That's a great call right there, dude. <laughs> Man. Wow. We traded. Tell. Listen, Andre Drummond was going to leave next year anyway. We got Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. We got James Harden for free. Seriously. I, I just had to highlight that comment. Like, not that I'm, you know, everybody's got got their take. I respect it. I appreciate it. But a panic move, like, you do know we're trying to win a championship, and we had a player that was yep. not going to play, and we got James Harden for that player. Like a panic it, move would have been, have a, been panic a panic move, move, but it may have been the panic move from Brooklyn. It was definitely a panic move if from Brooklyn. They were it, screwed if James Harden walked. If you think about it, it may have been a panic move. He may be right, but he's in the wrong way. Yeah, he got the wrong team. Yeah, it was yeah. a panic move from Brooklyn. You're right. Yeah, Harden wanted out. They already gave up seven first round picks. They were like, we we have to. That's what I was saying. It's gonna happen at the trade deadline. Once once I said it wasn't like a week or two before, but once we were like th two or three days full of like rumors, I was like, if James Harden really wants out, it's going to happen because they have to take Ben Simmons. What else are you gonna get right now if he wants to leave? I don't think you understand. Like we got we got rid of the one of the worst contracts in the league. Like. It was, it was like, like the league was going to have to eventually do something about it. That's how bad it was. And we got James Harden, man. Like, I don't know. Man. Anyway, it was great. I love that he's on the sideline clapping and all that stuff, man. It's just, man, I just can't wait till he gets, I can't picture the guy playing. It's going to be awkward, man. And I, I feel like, I feel like he's embarrassed being on a basketball court. Like I really feel that. I really sense that, you know, even at the end of that Atlanta Hawks series or, or Anytime the defense would just run away from him when he had the ball, he it you kind of feel that like secondhand embarrassment, like uh, like cringy feeling, like I yeah. almost feel bad for the guy in the situation, like just mm -hmm. just go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> Sons geek, shout out to you, man. Boogie says, "I hope Philly wins. I love the city of Philadelphia. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it." All right, y'all. We hit the two hour mark. Thank you guys very much for coming out, hanging with us. More of like a. Uh, just talk it up because honestly, I mean, we're all anticipating next week, right? Like that is, that is the start. That is the start we get. I think it's good. We get a week and a half to kind of just like rest, relax, um, you know, get on the right track and such, but we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Um, we can at least be excited. We can look forward to it and yeah, man, Sixers for life, man. Yo, let me, let me get a late plug real quick. Good. Go ahead, three man. subs away from a thousand, ladies and gentlemen. Please, oh, give, by give the time three subs, man. We got three hundred eighty in the chat. Three hundred eighty. Somebody drop his link in the chat. Get him to one k. Time man. I get there. Get him That's to one. All I want is thousand. 
and then you'll never see my face again. I'm deleting the channel. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. But please, <laughs> please. Subscribe to Greg Miller on YouTube. Get him over 1,000 by the end of this. Come on, man. Yeah, by the end of the night. You know what I mean? It's all Get it him up, man. But uh, oh, I appreciate man. the stream, fellas, as always. A lot of fun. Yeah. Great talks. Hey, man. We, we there? You being here, man. Nice, dude. We got a K. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You got it already? We got it. Yeah, it's the power of it's the power of run it back Philly and RB. It's the power. <laughs> Lucas, man, too. Bro. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You the man, bro. Yeah, appreciate everybody you, wants to somebody drop it in the chat. Somebody drop it. There you go. Thank you, Sons Geek. Yeah, shout out to Greg, man. He's been grinding. That I mean, you know, we see guys that are grinding, man, and, and he knows his stuff. Like, that's all that matters. He knows his stuff. He's a great guy, and he deserves it, man. So Get him now. Get him to two thousand, man. Get him to two K. Yeah, right. right. That's next up. Yeah, well, well, honestly, when we see people doing it just the same way we did it, man, it's you know, it's mm -hmm. I, I only started this a little over two years ago, not even three years ago, and it, we, me and RB did the same thing you're doing right now. You know, it's a slow grind at the beginning. It's really yeah. hard to get. It's really yeah. hard to go from zero to a hundred. It's really hard to go from a hundred to a thousand. Um, so you know, just exactly, man. I mean, EJ was one of the first guys that reached out to me. Like, I was a fan of him. Like, it's just go down the chain you know what i mean and you know we're trying we're all trying to build something special here man so without you guys watching us like it really would not be anything like we appreciate it more than you know it's a grind doing this so thank you guys man appreciate you um bring back a wednesday chat might have to man might have to no that's not what that says bro reread that oh uh, i'm tired <laughs> oh <laughs> Bring bring Brock on a Wednesday chat. Gotcha. Sorry, I, I, I'm tired. Um, uh, Greg, I'll I'll explain the reference to you after the stream. Awesome, I'm here. Big shout out to you, man. Let's shout some people out: Evan, Kevin, Patty, William, USMC, Greg, Boogie. Appreciate you guys, man. Thinking about starting a next channel, more like a therapy session. Do it, man. Do it. The time is now. The time is now, Boogie. Man. Um, thank you guys for being here, man. You guys have a wonderful night. Shout out to Greg on the accomplishment. Everybody sub them up right now. You guys have a great one. Guys, any any, any last stuff? Is it, is, it, is it that time, guys? Excited to see us play a little better tomorrow Amen uh, to than, we did, than we did last night. But either way, until we see James Harden play with Joel Embiid, nothing really matters. So... You know, last night didn't matter. Tomorrow doesn't actually matter. It is what it is. At least, are you guys at least on the bright side now? Are you guys? Have I converted you to the good side? Fully uh, converted. Fully converted. <laughs> I'm there. No, <laughs> Doc, Doc Rivers and Furkan Korkmaz will kill us, but uh, you know, I'm here for the ride. But we got James Harden. James Harden. It we got James is Harden. her source. We are in the deal zone. Okay, James Harden. <laughs> Bro, T-shirt time. Deal zone. The deal, deal zone, zone is going down as an all-timer, <laughs> man. The deal zone. How about a t-shirt with just Brian Windhorst's face that just says deal zone? I was I was thinking we bring him in to play backup five. You know what I mean? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Dude's got size. He looks like Zion right now. I was look, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's like five seven, though. That's the funny part. You think so? <laughs> I think he's like six two, six three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know jonah hill would be really mad at us just clowning his brother 
<laughs> hey, shout out to Winnie though. He took that W. He took that big W, man. Dunked on Woj. Like, oh my goodness. Postered the hell out of Woj on the same network. Crazy, bro. <laughs> Crazy. Even when Woj tried to throw subliminals his way, he was like, I don't know who said that or what they're talking about. Woj like, came up live on TV like an emergency podcast. He was like, none of that's true. Nobody told me that. That's not true. They're call, they're calling him Zion Windhorse, man. All right. With that being said, and by the way, Zion, I don't know if you guys heard about that. Yeah, he, um, sore foot. Yeah, he might have another, another shoulder. So the process continues for Zion, man. Man. We will leave it on that. Tough, tough break. You guys have a great one. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you on the next one. Peace.